Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by Birdland Sports. Hey, O's fans, did you know that one of your fellow fans is the owner of Birdland Sports? That's right. Josh Soroka from the Section 336 podcast is behind Birdland Sports. He knows what fellow fans want and has created an amazing collection of merchandise just for you. From the popular Birds Are Coming tees to unique player cartoon shirts and World Series prediction designs, Birdland Sports has everything you need to show off your O's pride. And with prices more affordable than the big guys, you can support you can support you can support a small business run by one of your own. Don't wait. Head to BirdlandSports.com today and show your support for the birds with Birdland Sports. I want to apologize first and foremost early on here. My voice has been cracking nonstop this morning. I have no idea why. I feel fine. I'm not sick. My, th- I was talking to my wife this morning. It wasn't cracking. As soon as I get into the studio, it's all over the place. So I want to it's apologize. Like, it's like Shaggy there from Scooby Doo. I, I know, right? It's like Scoops. I want to. Um, <laughs> so I want to apologize uh, first and foremost for my. I don't know my 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 apparent adolescent prepubescent voice. Wow. Um. But big time show today. Big exciting show today. Um, it is our Major League Baseball preview show, as that's right, folks. We are within a week of opening day. The Orioles take on the Boston Red Sox at three. I don't even think that was a Boston X. I don't know what that Boston. was. Boston. Uh, they're taking on the Boston Red Sox at 3.05 on Thursday afternoon up in Fenway Park. Kyle Gibson going to get the ball on opening day for the Orioles, and hopefully he looks... A lot better than he looked yesterday facing the New York Yankees. He gave up uh, two three-run homers, one each in the first and second inning to Oswaldo Cabrera and Kyle Higashioka, uh, which is... Well, Cabrera can hit. Higashioka cannot. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but Cabrera, I mean, he didn't have great power numbers last year. Not great power numbers in the minors either. Are, are, Are we higher... Or do we just sound louder than our levels actually We look are? good. We look I, good. I feel like I sound loud, but it's all right. We, we look good. We feel good. It's baseball season. We are excited and ready to go. So Kyle Gibson getting the, the ball on opening day. Your game two starter is Dean Kramer, which means Dean Kramer is also your Orioles home opening day starter. Uh, which Most is, likely. That's, that's how it's going to go. I, mean, I, I would that, think. I would yeah, think. That, that's, that's how it's going to go. So Dean Kramer going to get the ball the, the second game of the Boston series and the first game of the Orioles' home opening series against the New York Yankees. Looking forward to that. The offense, Zach seems to be clicking right now. They came back and won a ball game last night, 7-6. to six. Um, It was um, uh, Josh Lester who got the game-winning RBI double yesterday. Uh, your boy, Ryan McKenna. Had the, My boy. had the game-tying RBI single in the eighth inning. The Orioles were down 6 to nothing, and they just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Yeah. Um, they were they got two runs, I believe, in the, fi- in the fourth. Two runs in the fourth. Uh, then they added four runs in the eighth yeah. and a run in the ninth to go on and win that ball game. Not that it matters. It's spring training, but uh, Josh Lester making a serious bid to make this ball club. We talked about it last week. We don't know how likely it is that any of these guys who were brought in to be left-handed uh, bench bats that can play some outfield, play some corner infield. We don't know how likely it is that any of them are going to make the roster, but every single one of them to a man has done exactly what they needed to do to make this ball club. The Orioles just might be too deep. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that's the would be the reason that a guy like Josh Lester wouldn't make the team. But I feel like every year there is that guy similar to Josh Lester where puts up great numbers. You think really down to the last minute that he might make the team and have a great chance to make the team and then doesn't because of guys like Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan mm-hmm. O'Hearn is a guy that I'm very confident at this moment. I would say probably around 75%, 80% that's going to make this team because we broke down the roster last week and what it might look like. And there is that one extra bench spot for that lefty bat. And again, O'Hearn has that experience that Lester doesn't quite have at this point. And yeah, Lester's had some great seasons in the minors. You look back and, you know, 35 <clears> home <throat> run seasons, 25 home run seasons. He's had a, a very solid minor league career, but you've got to think about that versatility that Ryan O'Hearn brings. That he can play left field, that he can move around a little bit, and that he has a lot of major league success. Uh, a lot. I, well, not, not a lot, but a, a limited sample size of major league success compared to what Josh Lester has. So I think that gives him the, the slight edge in yeah, my book. I mean, we'll see. I'm not convinced that any of them are going to make the team. Well, then who would make that last bench spot then? Would well, that I, be... I, I mean, we, we'd have to go back into this. I mean, you're... you're we'll you're, talk about it. Yeah, you're, you're asking me to just think of the 26-man roster no, you're, at, you're right. at, at the drop of a dime. Um, I just... Uh, the way I look at it, you're you're gonna have you know who's who's gonna be your everyday players. You yeah. know who's gonna be. You don't really know honestly who's gonna be your everyday DH. Uh, you you imagine some days it'll be Santander, some days it'll be Mountcastle, some, some days it'll be Stowers if he makes the ball. Some Ramona Rios. Uh, some some days it'll be Ramona Rios if he's not traded. And I'm still not convinced that they're not gonna make a trade. I just don't. I mean, I mean Jordan Westberg, yeah. the, the spring that he's had, the exit velocities, the OPS that he's put up. He looks like a big league ball player. Yeah. He's your minor league player of the year. He's a former first round pick. A former first round pick. To me, Jordan Westberg deserves to be on this team as much as anybody else. Is that's a, that's a, a bubble roster player. Hard to disagree. And do you really want to roster Ryan O'Hearn or Ryan McKenna in favor of uh, over uh, Jordan Westberg, who can? If you need him to, he can also go play the outfield. I was going to say. I mean, I, I think Jordan Westberg, based on what I've seen is athletic enough to play center field. Yeah. And athle- it's certainly athletic enough to play the corners and he has the arm for all three spots. And the the bottom line is can you make in ar- can you make a justification for Ryan McKenna making the ball club? <laughs> because speed be, be, Right, but I mean the Orioles have speed in in droves, and not uh, off the bench though. And they had Jorge Mateo go and play center field in Fair. the game last night at a point. So, and you've got Vavra, who's not slow. He's not exactly fleet of foot. I also didn't realize he's six foot one. Did you realize that Vavra's that big? I cannot believe that. I thought that he was like five nine. He is six. Yeah, foot, I, he, I thought he was like five eight five nine. He's six yeah. foot one. Wow. I didn't realize Vavra was that big, and he's showing some more power. He's going to be on this ball club, and he can play center field. He can play the outfield. Um, Westberg could, if Jordan Westbrook make Westbrook, if Jordan Westberg makes this opening day roster, I will be thrilled because I think he deserves it. I would I, be surprised, but I'd, also I, be I'd be I'd be surprised, but I yeah. I would be thrilled. Are you concerned about the lack of playing time he would get though? I don't think he, it would be a lack of playing time. I think that he can, he can play all three infield spots uh, aside from first base. He can play the corner outfield for you. He can DH for you. The Orioles don't have an everyday DH. Now they no. can they can slot anybody that they want into that DH slot. They have a lot of versatility for that position for all the, all the other positions on the field. But look, Jordan Westberg. Just because he won't have an everyday position doesn't mean he wouldn't be an everyday player. Okay, that's fair. I, it's why, though, we wanted the Orioles to go out and get Jose Abreu. They don't have that everyday DH. And they it's don't. a question mark on who it's going to be. You saw Ramon Arias about two days ago before he ended up being scratched, before he was hitting the thumb, I believe. By, uh, by, by a ground ball. Yeah, by, by a ground ball. So Use your glove, Ramon! <laughs> yeah, come on, Ramon. Um, no, I mean, he was... He was 
not actually in that lineup, but when the lineup came out, he was at the DH spot batting, I think, 7th or 8th. So that makes a lot of sense. That's mm-hmm. a place I could I could perfectly, I'd be perfectly fine with seeing Ramon Arias DH in the 7th or 8th spot. But you do know with Ramon Arias, there are limitations to the bat. You're not getting your traditional DH. He's okay. He's a decent hitter, but he's mm-hmm. not a he's not a middle-of-the-order bat, which you usually associate with the DH. And that's why we've hoped over the past two years that Kyle Stowers could potentially be that guy. You don't know yet, but Kyle Stowers certainly has some, some work to do before he gets into our minds as that kind of guy. Well, yeah, and Ramon Arias, I mean, he hit 16 home runs last year. In 2021, he was their best hitter with running runners in scoring position. He hit like 379 with runners in scoring position, and for the season, hit 279. This past year, those numbers all came down. He hit 248 with a 305 on base percentage, yeah. but he was also hurt a good bit, and that's the other thing. He ended 2021 hurt. He spent some time on the IL in 2022. Right. He's got to be able to stay healthy, and maybe putting him in the DH spot will we'll do that, but he has a tendency to hit a lot of ground balls. Mm-hmm. Um, once he starts lifting the ball, it goes, you know, yeah. but, and it's funny, I was on the Locked on the Orioles podcast on Tuesday with Connor Newcomb, and uh, we did, we just talked about the Orioles infield, and we and we both speculated that Ramona Rios could get time at DH, and then a lineup comes out the other day where he is yep. the DH, so it's, um, it's something they can do again. They have a lot of options they can put in there. I don't think it, pre- it, it, it excludes uh, Jordan Westberg from being on this team just because he doesn't have an everyday position yeah. because... You can justify playing. You can find ways to play him every day. Um, but to your point, maybe they want him. He says he feels most comfortable at second base. Maybe they want him going down to AAA and playing every day at second base um, to become that guy that can maybe replace Adam Frazier when you trade him at the deadline or if he just isn't what they need him to be. Adam Frazier, and I understand what we talked about the last couple of weeks, I understand why they brought him in because they brought him in to replace Ramon. Where is my head? They brought him in to replace Roof Netodor, who was that veteran leadership. He was a catalyst for the ball club. You know, the the personality really meshed well in that in that locker room. The on field capabilities are were dwindling at at this point in his career, and they thought that that um, Adam Frazier could be a better version of that, a better hitter, a yeah. better fielder. Um, that they could bring in and be that veteran presence. And he is. And, and, and he is. And and I said this on um, uh, Ryan Blake and I recorded uh, Give That Fan a Podcast last night. And I said this on the show that I don't dislike Adam Frazier. Me not wanting Adam Frazier on this team has nothing to do with Adam Frazier. It has everything to do with the fact that the Orioles have you can you can rattle them off. They have Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg, Connor yeah. Norby, Joey Ortiz, uh, Ramon Arias, Taron Vavra. They have that's six, seven guys that you can justify playing in the infield over Adam Frazier. That's fair, yeah. I, I, I've i been seeing on Twitter over the past week, and I was actually going to bring this up, that people have been judging Frazier, though, on what he's done in spring training. Oh, Frazier didn't have a good spring. Who cares? I, I'm so tired of hearing that. With guys like Frazier who have been in the league for eight or nine years, I do not care if they have a good spring. Nope. If Heston Kerstad had a bad spring, okay, that'd be something to talk about. He didn't, but a guy like Adam Frazier, there is nothing to talk about there. When Frazier came in and was signed by the Orioles, it's the same situation as it was then. It's the same situation. May have not been a need. I'm not going to disagree with you there. That's that's true. It's undeniably true. However, let's not judge him off a bad spring. And that's no, not. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking no, no. to the people I saw doing that. And, and and the other thing is, how many people have gone to war for Roof Neto Door? Mm-hmm. He had two hits last spring. Yeah. Go back and look. <laughs> You're right. It was like, if it wasn't two hits, it was three. And he played a lot. He played. He had 
he was awful yeah. last spring, and you all love him. So if you love Odor despite his terrible spring, there's no reason you can't like Adam Frazier. And I do like Adam Frazier. Yeah. I think Adam Frazier is a good, solid major league player. Yep. I just think that the Orioles have five or six options I would rather see play at second base than Adam Frazier at this point. Look, if we're in May, if this is May 31st and we're sitting here and we say, you know, look, Adam Frazier is hitting 220 and his on-base percentage is 310 then I'll be all on board of saying, okay, Jordan Westberg, Joey Ortiz, let's see who we got, Connor Norby, whoever it is. Especially especially if those three guys are down in AAA right. and they're all hitting 280 or higher or right. 270 or higher, showing power and they're getting on base. If all those guys are down there and you have Adam Frazier struggling like that up here, the Orioles are playing good baseball, but Adam Frazier's right. like an obvious weakness, you got to make a move. Right. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll discuss that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, if we ever get to it. For all we know, Adam Frazier is the 2021 version. He comes out and, and he hits 310 the first half of the season and makes himself a trade piece or makes him, himself a valuable piece of this team to yeah. make a playoff push. We have no idea what's going to happen with Adam Frazier. All we're saying is it wasn't a knee, but we understand why they brought, it, yep. brought him in when they did. Um Again, offense, though, seems to be clicking. Uh, Henderson's bats heating up. Rutschman and Mountcastle have just been absolutely otherworldly. They've been Rutschman and Mountcastle. All, yeah. all, all, all spring. And, and with Rutschman, you kind of expected it. Mm-hmm. With Mountcastle, you needed it. He needed it. He's in, he's in like 419 yeah. this spring. Everything he hits is a rocket. A rocket. And... Maybe ultimately that's why the Orioles brought in all those left-handed bats to battle for the backup first baseman because of the fact that they were just trying to light a fire under Mount Castle's ass. Because yeah. what he did last year, and we get it, he was unlucky. The expected batting average was 279 and he hit 251. We understand that. The, the, the hitter that we know Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan Mountcastle is and the hitter that he was last year are two different players. They're two different players, and if this lights a fire under his ass and he becomes a guy that was a prolific hitter in the minor yeah. leagues, then what more could we ask? And he has here? the ability to do so. Mm-hmm. There, there absolutely is that ability in there. Uh, the wall doesn't help, though. Again, no. I, I think that's going to be a big, big, uh, what's the word? Factor. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll use that word. Yeah. Factor for him this season. And it was last year. I mean, it stole, what, six home runs from him and, and a lot from Trey Mancini and a lot of other guys. You have to hit the ball a really long way now. And he has the ability to hit the ball a really long way. That's what he does. That's mm-hmm. He's a big power bat, plus plus power. But he's got to make contact to even get it there. And he's got to cut down on the swing and miss and the chases. There's a lot he has to do. But I'm confident after seeing what he did this spring that maybe he's able to, to turn that around. Well, but he's facing worse competition. And, and, and that is more a mental thing mm-hmm. than anything else. We we know he has a physical ability to hit the ball over that, that no ball at, yeah. on any given pitch, right? The the issue, and we know that he has pole-to-pole power. Yeah. He can drive the gaps as good as anybody. The thing with Ryan Mountcastle is what he has to do is if he squares a ball up and it gets caught on the warning track in front of that wall, he needs to sit there and say, you know what? I put a good swing on that ball. I made great contact. That's probably a home run in 29 other ballparks. Right. I don't change a thing. I don't need to change a thing. Now, hopefully he's hitting those fly balls with somebody on third base. You know what I mean? But, like, he's got to understand just because that was an out doesn't mean I didn't hit it well. It's the same thing as when you hit a hard line drive right at the shortstop. Right. That ball can come off the bat 115 miles an hour, but the shortstop caught it because it didn't get more than six feet off the ground. That's okay. You put a good swing on it and hit it hard just right at somebody. Right. It's the same damn thing. And and if he can get past that mental hurdle, 
he's going to have a good year, and I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah. I, re- I really, really do, especially because he's going to be a little bit more protected. Santander uh, and Cedric Mullins, they came back from the World Baseball Classic. Um, Santander put together, uh, what was it, two hits uh, on Thursday. He had a couple of hits last night, or maybe one hit, but he drove in a run last night. Mullins hit a big three-run homer to center field the other day. Uh, from these guys, we know who Anthony Santander is. I think that last year is about what you can expect from, from Tony Taters. Uh, when it comes to Cedric yeah. Mullins, where are we with him? There were times that he looked really good. Yeah. Um, there's been times that he's looked really bad. He had a couple of at-bats in that championship game in the World Baseball Classic where one of them, he hit a ball to the gaff that I thought might drop. It just hung up too long. Yeah. And then he had some strikeouts where he looked overmatched. What is your feeling with... And I also thought it was kind of... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here now? Uh, <laughs> maybe telling or interesting, okay. but more interesting than telling, that Mark DeRosa gave him a start against a left-handed pitcher. Yeah, you're in, right. In that, in that championship game. I was questioning that, if I'm being honest. Um, well, I mean, people act like he's never had success against left-handed pitching. In 2021, he hit 279 no, against, left, against left-handed pitching. It, last year, he wasn't great, right? but... He's proven that he can do it in the past. Maybe he can do it again. Yeah. Um, or how do we feel about Cedric Mullins? What kind of season are you expecting from him? I'm not going to go out there and say I'm expecting a 2021. I don't think that's possible to say that. 30-30 seasons are really hard to come by, mm-hmm. and that's why he was the first 30-30 guy in Orioles history. So I don't really expect that. I expect somewhere in between 2022 and 2021. I think the numbers against righties will probably be pretty similar from last year. But the numbers against lefties, I think, are going to rise a little bit. Again, not to the level they were in 21, but better than the level they were in 22. Maybe this year he hits, I don't know, uh, 240 against lefties instead of 220 or whatever it was, I think it was last like two, year. I think it was like 209. It was pretty bad. Right, so maybe he, he raises that by about 25, 30, 40 points. We'll see. I think there's definitely room for improvement there. We know that there have been a lot of Orioles hitters that have been working on that weakness, like Adley Rutschman. And Gunnar Henderson. Worse against lefties. Gunnar Henderson, same thing. So guys that, you know, see they have that weakness, have worked on it this offseason, and I think Cedric Mullins is going to be one of them. So I don't expect the numbers to drastically change, but maybe against lefties he becomes a little better and improves his stock there. I think that would be the biggest difference. And we know that he can do it. We know that Jorge Mateo can do it to a certain extent. I would like to see both of those players incorporate the bunt more. Yeah, uh, no use, doubt. Use your speed. To and Cedric did it more in 21 than he did in 22. Yeah, and, and he did it a lot more in 2020 also. He yeah. led the majors in infield hits in, in right, 2020. Right. Um, you have that ability. You have the speed. You have the advantage of being in the left-handed batter's box. Uh, so you get kind of that head start once you get that bunt down. Use it to your advantage. If maybe you're struggling against the lefty and maybe the, the Orioles bat you eighth instead of first in that particular game, use that bunt ability to get on base and help your help your ball club out. I know that people don't like bunting because you're you're basically giving giving up an out if you don't get on or if you're just trying to sacrifice to move move people over. I think it's a huge part of the game. I think that the teams that, that use it to their advantage are better for it. Yeah. Um. I used to watch. I remember there was a year. I think it was 2012. JJ Hardy hit like. 238. He was having a bad year. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't help. I mean, he hit 25 home runs, but he wasn't um he wasn't helping the ball club in big situations and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, "Man, these runners on first and second, there's nobody out. Yeah. Lay down a bunt. Just help your ball club." I said the same thing about Nick Marquez. I think it may have been the same year where he was in the middle of like a really long slump and there's runners on first and second and nobody out. I'm like, "Dude, just put a bunt down." I think yeah. he actually did. I, I remember Hardy doing it one time also. When 
if you struggle against a certain pitcher, maybe you're a 240 hitter against lefties as opposed to a 310 hitter against yeah. righties, put one down. Help right. your ball club, especially if you have the speed. Right. I mean, we, we wanted Chris Davis to do that basically every at-bat. They'd shift on him so drastically that there was no one on that third base line, and Davis really never tried it. He, he did it maybe once or twice, but he had the whole left side of the field open just to lay down a drag bunt mm-hmm. and get to first, and he'd be safe every time. But Joey is, Gallo. Yeah, Joey Gallo is another great example of it. Everyone shifts on him, yeah. uh, even though you can't anymore, but everyone did before. So to me, there you have the opportunities to do that. And Cedric is a guy that can really beat out anything, and, and Jorge Mateo is the same way. So yeah, use that to your advantage. That's a great point, and that should help him again against a lefty if he doesn't think he can hit him. Lay a bunt down, see what happens. Yeah. You have a pretty good chance of getting on because you're Cedric Mullins. Yeah, exactly. And Chris Davis, we wanted him to bump because literally he couldn't do C- anything Couldn't else touch the ball. At, no. at, at, at that point in his career, which was, I'm wondering if they had banned the shift in, let's say, 2014. This would have been different. If if he if his career would have ended up differently. Yeah. Because I, I think it became a mental thing for him at, at a certain point. But that's a story for another day five years ago because you know he, he's retired. we've talked about chris davis a fair amount on the show yeah, not, not not recently not recently but, but, but we have gotten given chris davis quite a bit of airtime on the bat around over the last three years we that's, have. that's for sure um hayes solid spring quietly has had a solid spring led, has led the team in home runs and i think he's up there in rbis as well seems to have slowed down a little bit but i mean you're not going to keep up the pace that he was on um it, he's going to start in left field, I would imagine, on opening day. He's going to be your everyday left fielder until he gives you a reason not to start him out there. And you could say, you could argue that he's already given you that reason based on what he did the last three months of last year. But I think we all know that he was hurt. Yeah. Um, he came up in a big spot last night and struck out. So that was something that I didn't like to see because we saw that too much last year. But look, if, if Austin Hayes is the first three months Austin Hayes this this year that he was... Uh, uh, the let me start that over. If Austin Hayes is a player that we saw the first three months of 2022, that is a really good ball player for your team. That's a really good ball player. He's got to stay healthy, and we're beating a dead horse. We talk about this literally every single week, but it's good that he's healthy right now and swinging the bat like yep. we know he's capable of. Heston Kerstad. Heston Kerstad came in the spring, and we're like, he might start out at high A. He's likely going to double A, and then he hits two home runs amongst three hits in his first spring training game yep. ever. First spring training game ever. He hits two home runs and has another RBI hit, and not RBI hit, but a base hit. And he almost hit a third home run, but it went foul yeah. uh, to left field. And he just hit all spring. And then what we, what I really liked to see over the last week or two was he began getting starts in the outfield, yeah. and he was getting these hits now off of big league pitchers. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. He did not slow down. He's going to start the year at Double A. I think it won't be long till he moves to Triple A. I honestly believe Heston Kerstad is firmly in the Orioles' plans for 2023. And when I say firmly, I think that they that they are it's looking bold. at him at him. Well, if we had said that about Gunnar Henderson this time last year, would you have that you would have said that's bold because he was probably yeah 20 years old and yeah. you know had just gotten to Double A the year before. So we look at Heston Kerstad. The bat looks special. He's got to he's got to you know up those walks a bit, cut down on the strikeouts, but the bat looked really good this spring. If he goes to double A and he's on fire the first month or two, and it's easier to hit a double A uh, buoy than it is at high A Aberdeen. Aberdeen is 100% a pitcher's park. I've been to 20 games at Ironbird Stadium, and I've seen one home run, ever. Um, I I, I worked there for two uh, two seasons, and 
not a lot of power. Not, yeah. I saw, you know what? It, it was funny because Adam Hall, uh, who was, I, I believe, still in the Orioles organization as a shortstop, a, a former Dan Duquette first round pick, mm-hmm. uh, a competitive balance round pick. He hit his first home run ever in Aberdeen when I was there. And I, he was there for two seasons that I was. And it was finally in the second season that he hit it. And I couldn't believe it. It was it was pretty crazy. And you see you know, a, a guy like him who has basically no power finally get one over the wall. It was pretty uh, pretty interesting to see. But yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of power there. Adley Rushman hit a few when he was there. Um, and I, I, did, I was there when Kyle Stowers was as well. And he hit a few. But there just wasn't a lot of guys that could really put it over the wall. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a, a big it, place. It's a, it's a pitcher's ballpark. Yeah. One, 100%. And so, look, I expect Heston Kerstad to go to double A. Mm-hmm. People were asking me... Do you think we'll see him start the year AAA? No. And then other people were saying, oh, he should be on the big league club. No. <laughs> like, Look, he had a great spring. Jake Fox had a great spring uh, uh, back in, what, 2010, 2011 when he hit 10 home runs, and then he was nothing mm-hmm. at the major league level. Lots of guys can have big springs and do nothing. Do you really think that Franchi Cordero is going to take his 445 no. batting average from spring training and ultimately have big league success he hasn't ever proven that he can have big league sustained big league success yeah. so i'm not buying into the fact that hessen kersai was so good this spring that he should be on the major league roster yeah but i am buying into the fact that he proved that he's a good hitter that, right. that, that he deserves to be in their plans for maybe the second half of 2023 and i think that this time next year and when i say this let me um uh make the caveat be yeah, you can give Santa a call. Uh, let me make the caveat be here that I don't believe that he is going to be the same caliber player as Gunnar Henderson, but I think he's going to be 2023's or 2024's Gunnar Henderson. I think that he's going to be the guy who, in 2023, is hitting so well at AAA that the Orioles are, have no choice but to bring him up in August or September, and then he comes into 2024 as a highly rated prospect who a, a job on the roster belongs to him whether it's right field left field dh first base whatever a position belongs to him and it's his to lose in 2024 that's how i feel about Heston about heston kerstad so um so yeah that's that's what i'm looking for from heston kerstad i i you know when when he was drafted michael i said he's the best amateur left-handed hitter in the country and he's look he looks like that at this point not the best left-handed hitter in the country but he looks like the number two overall pick. Everything good with Stan? Oh, we, we got him? All right. Joining us now for his weekly segment, he is Stan the Fan. Charles, Stan, first and foremost, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. How are you guys doing? Doing doing really well, Stan. We are very excited as uh, opening day is just five days away. Sitting here talking about the Orioles and the spring that they've had. Um, Kyle Gibson named the opening day starter, Dean Kramer, number two, which lines Kramer up to start the home opener. Is Kyle Gibson about the, is he the player you expected to be named the opening day starter? And what are your thoughts on Dean Kramer potentially getting that Orioles home opener? Yeah, I uh, I kind of expected the um, the uh, Kyle Gibson being the opening day starter. It looked like it was evolving that way. Um, you know, they've got they've got some faith in him, and uh, I'm I'm real hopeful that he can put a lot of things together at this point in his career. Uh, I think he's 35 years old. Yeah, but I'm I'm optimistic that he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to work. We watched him. We watched Chris Holt work kind of wonders with somebody who was really past their prime and Matt Harvey, you know, mm-hmm. because of all the injuries Matt had. Um, 
and I, I thought he did uh, a wonderful job with him. I thought he got uh, he got the most out of uh, Jordan Lyles. So I expect a pretty positive year from Gibson this year, and uh, I think he's deserving of the uh, number one nod. Um, as far as the home opener goes, that that's a little bit different. It's just sort of the way the rotation works and the fact that I guess they didn't want uh, Cole Irvin to pitch in Boston. Um, so that's that's you know, and Kramer's been pitching well, so I'm optimistic. Do the the home runs that Kramer and Gibson have been giving up in their last couple of starts worry you at all, or is it kind of what Zach and I were talking about in the introduction to the show today, where it's it, it, it's spring training? Like I, we don't put a lot of stock into this. Uh, I don't I don't put too much stock into it, and uh, you know, there's an awful lot of wind blown, wind assisted uh, home runs. Go the other way and say, "Well, how come the wind's never blowing in and uh, keeping some of those balls from being home runs?" But I'm I'm not particularly concerned, and I, and I think again, with Gibson being a veteran like this, I think he will. Even though the porch to right field is is short, I think he'll he'll be able to coax a lot of hitters into hitting to other parts of the ballpark with pitch selection and pitch location. Yeah, and, and look, he, he does pitch to a fair amount of contact, but he gets a lot of ground balls. I think that, especially with the with that wall in left field now at Camden Yards, I think that um, Kyle Gibson is a, a, a pretty uh, – he's the type of pitcher you want pitching in Camden Yards, I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez yeah, – for, right for a right-handed pitcher, I think uh, you and I are agreeing on that. For Grayson Rodriguez, I still think that his spot is safe in the rotation – um, he got roughed up for the second, and he's been roughed up the second time through the order. Three of the last, th- the last three or four outings, um, he said that his most recent start was his best one of spring training, where he went out there and look. It, it, he was a bad hop infield single away from um, from getting out of the third inning unscathed. Gives up five runs instead, and then comes back out though in the fourth, retires aside on thirteen pitches with two strikeouts, which was something I like to see. Uh, is there a level of concern, though, for you regarding Grayson Rodriguez that he seems to struggle in that third and or fourth inning this spring? Uh, I, look, long term, I don't have any doubt that Grayson Rodriguez is going to be a good major league pitcher. Um, I, I, we'll have to see if he can ever develop. You know, when you talk about great pitchers, you're talking about the Max Scherzers, the Clayton Kershaws, the Justin Verlanders. Now, I'm not putting him on that level yet, of course, but but those guys, uh, th- those are guys that you're, you're expecting six and seven innings out of them mm-hmm. every time, and with the case of Scherzer, an awful lot of times into the eighth and ninth. Uh, Grayson is just not that kind of pitcher yet. And it's a product of uh, some of the modern thinking on not wasting pitchers pitchers pitches in the minor leagues and he has never been trained to go far in games and I think we're seeing that now I always wondered when you had a pitcher like two three years ago who was throwing really three innings at every start at like uh, you know uh, a ball and and double a I, I always questioned well what pitcher wouldn't have gigantic stats if that's all he was throwing is to the, the the lineup one time through? It's almost like a glorified relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. I don't think Grayson has ever been challenged 
to really know how to get through a lineup two and three times. And I, and I think we're seeing the case of, of it. So do I have any, do I have any long-term fears? Not really, but again, you know, I'm always preaching when, when the heck are they going to, uh, when the heck are they going to ramp up DL Hall? They keep talking about him as a starting pitcher. You know, when will he ever show that he he's capable of going through a lineup two or three times? And I feel the same way about Grayson right now. Um, have Have you heard that he's definitely going to be on the roster? I haven't. I just I'm kind yeah, of reading reading between either. the lines where Michael Lai said they expect him to be. Uh, I don't think he has anything left to prove at AAA, and I think that they have options in their bullpen, whether it be Bauman, Wells, or both that can follow him if he goes four innings the first you know, handful of starts yeah. out there. You don't want that, but I, I just don't think he has anything left to prove. And if you're going to build him up, you might as well build him up at the big league level if his talent is what you think yeah. it is. That's my thought we'll, process. We'll see, how it, we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Well, here's, yeah. the, here's yeah. the other thing with that, Stan, and this is what I look at. There's nobody else that's really beaten down the door to take that fifth spot. Uh, Tyler Wells has had an up and down spring and more down than up, in my opinion. The same thing with with Austin Both. I mean, you can make the argument for Spencer Watkins, but are you really going to justify putting Spencer Watkins in a rotation over Grayson Rodriguez or even Tyler Wells? I don't think that you can. So for me, it's, well, maybe he's not there yet, but nobody else has proven that they're ready to take that job either. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, you know, again, at the major league level last year, you had two people in Wells and both. And you know how I feel about Wells. I think Mm -hmm. Wells is a super relief pitcher uh, because of health concerns. I think I'd I'd really like to keep him in the bullpen. But both is a guy that went out there last year. And both I'm not as concerned about because I I have the sense he's been working on some things. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, great Grayson just, uh, right at this point in his career, um, uh, I go back to the way the Orioles mishandled, uh, Kevin Galsman, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to develop a pitcher to be ready for the major leagues. You don't want them to be up because there's a clock in your head that says, well, he's, he's gotta be this guy. I don't know that he's that guy right now. I don't want to develop him as a three and four inning starting pitcher. Yeah. I want him to go a little bit deeper. I'm not so, I'm not so panicked about what those bullets, his using those bullets, are going to do three, four years down the road. Uh, you know. Yeah. No. We'll see. The argument we'll you can see. make. The argument you can make there is that he's been in this system now since 2018. And they've kind of had to right. baby and handcuff him. And for some of it, no fault of their own. None of it, really, any fault of their own because of the 2020 uh, yeah, pandemic. I mean, the, the pandemic is certainly a place apart in it. And, and then the There's injury last year. Absolutely. But at, th- yep. at some point, it's like this is his sixth season now in the, in the organization. He should be here by right. now. You know, and you can say the same right. thing about DL Hall. So we'll see how they play. If they send him to Norfolk, I won't be surprised if they keep on the, him on in the rotation. I won't be surprised by yep. that either. Um, yep. Now, you were down there and you saw Heston Kerstad, and I asked you a few weeks back if you thought Heston Kerstad had a chance to debut this year, and you were kind of iffy about it, and then you went down there and you watched him play, and I think your opinion on him changed a little bit. What are your thoughts on Heston Kerstad and the Orioles' plans for him in 2023? Well, it's going to be very interesting to see where they, you know, where they pick to locate him. You know, again, this is a guy who last year, at least was shaking off a good bit of rust 
but you, you've had uh, Eric Garfield on and talked to him. Uh, he sure. knows the prospects really a lot better than I do, and uh, he is bullish on the work that Heston Kerstad has put in and his capabilities. And uh, he's had a terrific spring. Uh, I think it'll be fascinating. I think they'll still start him at double A at Bowie mm-hmm. and hope that he really hits the cover off the ball there, you know, like a 350, 360 average and some long balls early in the year. And then four to six weeks in, he's at triple A and then he's on really the fast track. Um, you know, and he could by the end of this year uh, debut in the major leagues and, and could possibly surpass Colton Kowser as a prospect. We'll yeah. see. That's a, ple- that's a pleasant problem to have, is, uh, you know, having depth like that. I 100% agree, and, and, and I'm, I'm waiting for Colton Kowser to kind of get to that point where it's like, ah, there he is, which is kind of, I kind of feel like we had that moment this spring with, um, with Heston, and you look at Colton now, he had that 476-foot home run to dead center field, and that may have been that there he is moment. But with Heston, for me, I'm already looking at him as a better prospect than Colton Kowser because he was picked second in the draft, because he was the uh, Arizona Fall League MVP, and because of the way that he was hitting to start the spring, and then when he started getting starts and facing big league pitching, he continued to swing a hot bat. So that's how I look at, at, at Kerstad. We'll see how it plays out, but I agree with you, Stan, that he's going get to get um, his starting opportunity at AA and move up to AAA quickly if he performs like yeah. I think he will. It, um, it, would not, it would not shock me entirely if they said, you know what, this kid, we have a lot of faith in this kid. We don't think he'll be harmed if we send him to AAA. But I think the, the, the standard way to think there is let him, let him show he's, he's in very shallow water at Bowie and then take him up to, to yeah. uh, AAA. You're not going to hurt anything by doing that. I think that that will be the smart yeah. play as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we shift our focus here, I want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Bed Fred, which is Maryland's newest sports book, which is now up and running just in time for March Madness. Bet, bet $50 and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers for Bet Fred specials and other great sign-up deals. On the line with us is Stan the Fan Charles, shifting our focus now to the American League East and our predictions for that. Stan, how do you see this division playing out? Where do you think the Orioles fall in the mix here? Uh, what can we expect out of the AL East, which is one of the division, one of the toughest divisions in all of baseball? Well, I mean, I think it figures to be a uh, dogfight at the, at the very top of the division with the Yankees and Toronto. Uh, after that, you know, and when I say dogfight, that doesn't mean I have the Orioles totally out out of the ability to compete with them. Um, I would say that I'd probably have a lot more confidence that the Orioles will play at a very high level the second half of this year and really be ready to be a bit of bit more of a force next year. Uh, but I'm certainly not writing this year off, and I think the playoffs are possible. But I would probably have the Yankees. Uh, as being, if, if their rotation can stay at all healthy, uh, I think they've got, they've got a little bit more overall firepower than the um, Toronto Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays are very formidable, and some of it will play on how good a manager John Schneider is going to be. 
Um, he's got some help there as his bench coach is Don Mattingly. Um, and they're, they're a very talented team. The team in the division that I'm, I'm a little bit all over the map on is the Red Sox. You know, I've, I've had them as my last place team, and I'm getting some vibes, uh, maybe partly watching uh, Yoshida, uh, that maybe they'll be a little bit better than I, I think. You know, well, well, it'll be interesting. You know, their pitching is potentially pretty good, but, you know, health-wise right now, they've got some concerns with Paxton and Brian uh, Bayo, or Bello, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, So, you know, and Tampa is a thorn in their side, in everybody's side, Mm -hmm. but I just, they have really top-drawer pitching, starting pitching, uh, and Kevin Cash it's like he's created a conveyor belt of arms at the at the AAA level that are always ready. You know, this year he's got uh, Heath Hembry down there and Ben Heller, a couple old names from, uh, you know, years gone by. Got Colton Brewer, a guy named Kevin Kelly. He's always got arms ready to come up and and fit that conveyor belt. But but the question with the, the Rays is can they ha- do they have enough real firepower to match even the Orioles and Toronto and New York? You know, I, you know, we're three years into Wander Franco. I'm not saying he's a bad ball player, but he doesn't look like the next guy that's like a Francisco Lindor prospect to me. You know, there's that- always something with him, an injury here or something there. You know, and so I, I have some doubts about them. But if I were picking. Who I think will win the division? I think the Yankees will win the American League. Stan, I'm curious when you talk about the Rays. One of the the biggest comeback player of the year predictions for a lot of people is Tyler Glasnow. Do you expect Tyler Glasnow to be what maybe everyone expected him to be two or three years ago, or is the injuries really going to hold him back too much? Uh, again, I'm I'm very suspicious on players that get injured. You know, mm-hmm. and here's a guy coming back from from Tommy John surgery, and all signs pointing to positivity and then he has an oblique like the third or fourth day in training camp. I, I, I have real doubts that glass now will ever be able to put up the innings to win a Cy Young award. Yeah. I, I, Kind of am there with you. I think he's a very good pitcher, but like you said, he has an oblique injury. He's not going to pitch till May at the earliest, and even then you might have to still be ramping him up by then. Um, And and the Rays, their rotation, they have so many guys who can go out there and give you quality innings. Like you said, they're like a pitching factory down there. Uh, They're hitting— Well, the the factory part I was talking about is is what he's done with—he has— you know, most teams are happy to have five or six good bullpen arms. Mm-hmm. He's got 12 or 13 of them. They, yeah. they got a guy that I wrote down when I was researching fantasy baseball. They got a guy that they picked up. He's 23 years old. Evan Reefert doesn't look like he's going to make the team. Uh, they picked him up in the Mike Brousseau trade with Milwaukee. Uh, and he's he, his numbers in uh, spring training are, you know, like off the charts. He's really, really good. And roster resource doesn't have him making the team right now. So, uh, and then they picked up a, I think he's a Rule Five guy, or they got him on waivers. They picked up a guy named Kevin Kelly, who I know they like a lot. Um, 
they, they just got a lot of arms. But that you're right, that rotation starting with McClanahan and then Rasmussen is is real, real good. Yeah, they always find a way to get to get great pitching. And every year I discount them, and then there they are with anywhere from 90 to 96 wins, and they're, like you said, yeah. a thorn in everybody's side. Um, as for the rest of the American League, Stan, the, the Central Division, I look at that and the Guardians, last year we were questioning them. This year I look at their lineup, and they have a lot of good players, and they have a, a really good and young starting rotation uh, are they the favorites in the American League Central? And then how does the rest of that division work out? I think the White Sox can be really good, nice addition by subtraction with, with getting rid of Tony La Russa. And I think that the Kansas City Royals can be a sneaky good team. How does the Central play out for you? Well, I think Cleveland is, uh, is you know, fairly certain to, to take that division. I think Minnesota is not that far behind again, you're talking about the health of the rotation. If they have, if their rotation stays healthy, they might not have a, a number one guy, but but certainly, um, uh, who am I thinking of? The number, the Sonny Gray, and go all the way down to the number five starter, Tyler Molly. They've got Kenta Maeda. They got Joe Ryan. Pablo and I'm Lopez. Leaving one guy. Out. Pablo Lopez. Who am I leaving out? Pablo Lopez. Yeah, Pablo Lopez. They've got like like twos and threes, which are pretty darn good. Uh, again, they have so much invested in Byron Buxton that this mm-hmm. year they're, you know, they're going to DH him uh, probably all the time to lessen the chance of him getting hurt. He also, the other day, I just heard a stat that he has like the all-time highest success ratio of stolen bases to being caught stealing. Wow. But I, I'll bet you can't pencil him in for more than two or three steals this year. I just don't think they want him running. Uh, they got to keep him healthy. Uh, they've moved on from Miguel Sano, but this guy that they've got, Alex Kirilov, uh, they just can't keep him healthy. Got this ongoing wrist issue. Um, not sure whether he'll start the season on the IL. It looks like he will. Um, they got a good young player, Nick Gordon, who, who may make an impact. This year, Tom Gordon's son. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's they're an, they're an interesting team. The White Sox, I agree with you. They get an immediate um, addition by subtraction, losing the Tony Larusa experiment. I thought it was terrible. Uh, I thought he was a terrible manager, uh, and this is somebody who respected him as one of the all-time great managers. There's a reason you don't bring a guy back after ten years on the sideline. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the game had changed, the players had changed, uh, and he just really, I don't think he communicated well uh, with his ball club, and I think there was a lot of sulk on that uh, team. I don't think they understood where they were coming from. Those three teams are pretty good. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I invariably pick Kansas City fourth or fifth in the division, but there, there are some things, I'm looking at their lineup, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with Asquintina and Massey, Witt, um, you know, the outfield. The outfield is a little soft, though, with Oliveras, uh, Isbell, and Eaton. Uh, they're hoping to get a comeback out of Fran Neal Reyes. Uh, Perez and Menendez, uh, or Melendez, uh, will handle the catching, and Melendez will do some DHing, and Perez will do some DHing. They're, they're not an easy team to get through the lineup. Uh, their starting pitching is, you know, it, it, it leaves 
leaves a lot to be desired to me. Yeah, they've got some good guys in there. Zach Granke was good last year. Brady Singer was really good last year. They got Jordan Lyles, and we know yeah. that he can eat innings for them. Um, I don't think their starting rotation rotation is great. I also don't think you want to stack them up against you know the the Guardians um, starting rotation for sure. But I that's think- not even in the Singer is a tremendous potential. But you know, again, a lot of people do what Singer did last year, and then you count on them for that. Are they really ready to be that guy? Yeah, I'm hopeful he is because he's an amazing talent. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think they're a sneaky team this year. I think Bobby Witt is a dark horse MVP candidate. I mean, he was a 20 homer, 30 steal guy last year. Figured it out more to- in the second half of the season. I think he's primed for a big breakout year his second season in. So the Royals. I'm, to me- I'm also. I'm. I don't know a lot about their manager, but I think the guy who is making the picks, JP, uh, who's their GM now? Uh, Piccolo is it Piccolo? JP Piccolo is there? It picked out Matt Quintero, uh, coach under Kevin Cash for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they get an addition by subtraction there too, a little bit with Mike Matheny. I think Mike was trying to be a softer version of himself, and I'm not sure he knows how to do that. Sure. Zach, did you have a point you wanted to make? Yeah, I, I, I'm blanking on the name at the moment, but I saw, I, I talked to the new White Sox manager when I was out at the winter meetings. Um, and I'm, Pedro, again, Pedro Griffo. That's what it is. Gr- yes, Griffo, yeah. yeah. And uh, excellent. He was, and he gave a speech to about 30 of us uh, that were there, and he seems excellent. He gave his entire background and everything, and he's worked a long way uh, to get to where he yep. is now. And he seems like a guy that truly, he has the heart, he has the passion, uh, and he, he seems like a, a leader. So I, I think the White Sox really added there with him. He's going to be great. And then standing, yeah, I think it's going to be a big addition there. I, I just I'm scratch my head with them with the pitching. Why Clevenger was the guy to give twelve million dollars to, and who did they let walk? They uh, they let Johnny Cueto had such a great year with them last year, mm-hmm. and would have cost less. You know, he might have wanted to give Cueto a two year, fifteen sixteen million dollar deal, but they gave. Clevenger, $12 million, and then they got into this thing. He's not being charged with a domestic dispute thing, but I, I don't know what he's got left right now. Yeah, I... I he hasn't he hasn't been a formidable pitcher that you can really look at and be like that's that's a guy in about three years. So I, I'm with yeah. you on that one, Stan. Now we move to the NL to the AL West, and you're looking at. So I went through this, stand and initially I was like, you know what, I think Texas is going to be really good this year. And then I went and looked through their roster, and they made some nice additions, but I don't think that they did enough to even factor into this division. How do you feel that division plays out, and what are your thoughts on the Texas Rangers this year? Well, the, the Rangers are hinging on on two, primarily two pitchers, and that's Jacob DeGrom and they they banked a bet a lot of money on the fact that they think he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, that team has a hell of a chance to win. You know, if he get if he gets twenty twenty six twenty seven starts rather than thirteen, that's you know thirteen more real strong potentials at wins. You know, I know he doesn't win every time out, but he's a guy. With that offense they have in that lineup with Lowe, Garcia, Seeger, Semyon, and some of the other people they've, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mitch Garver coming back, um, that's a team that that could win an awful lot of games when Jacob DeGrom pitches. So we'll see. That's health. 
number one. And Nathan Avaldi, they gave him nowhere near the money that uh, DeGrom is getting. But Avaldi um, has shown some signs of spring that he's he's back healthy. Um, that That's two big additions. And I know a lot of people really love John Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, Heaney, Heaney is a guy that I've loved his stuff. Um, but the year I had him in fantasy was just a, a nightmarish season. What, the year that um, he went to the Yankees, it, right? When he got yeah, there, and the he was just started awful. with the Angels. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. But, of course, last year with the Dodgers, it was a different story. He was mm-hmm. great, but he also wasn't very available. I think he only threw about 50 or 60 innings last year. I don't see them as a factor this year quite yet. Uh, they spent a fortune on offense last year with Semyon and Seeger. This year, they spent a fortune on pitching. I think this offseason, they'll get the benefit, or, or late this season, they'll get the benefit from a couple prospects. They've got one a pitcher named Owen White and one an offensive player, Evan Carter, who is uh, supposed to be, sounds like almost like a Mickey Mantle type hmm. of prospect, That's a hell of Evan comparison. Carter. Uh, yeah, that's a hell of a comparison. I haven't seen the guy, so I don't know. I could be wrong. He could be, um, he could be more like a, a, a Ryan McKenna for all I know. But it, it, but whatever I see on that stat thing jumps out to me as a pretty special player. I think though that as good as Houston is this year, I think that we can't underestimate the fact that they've lost Justin Verlander out of that rotation. Mm-hmm. That's not taking anything away from Valdez or Javier or Garcia or Urquidy, but I don't see them being able to win the division. I think Seattle sneaks past them this year. Uh, and I think the angels are going to be a good bit better. I think um, in a weird way, I'm, I was a big Joe Madden fan in Tampa I was less so as I watched him as the Cubs manager, and I, and I just really didn't think he was very he, – he didn't move the needle at all in Anaheim. I think uh, Phil Nevin might just be what that team needs, like a real kick in the ass, you know, rather than a, a Mr. Nice Guy who's quirky. Um, uh, so I think the Angels will be a little bit uh, peskier in that division too. But I, I like Seattle to just get by um, uh, the Houston Astros. Well, with, with the Angels, Dan, I think the Angels can be really good, but they've, they've got to stay healthy. Trout's got to play 100, 140, 150 games. And if, for him to do that, he's got he's a DH, I think, a, a, a decent amount. Yeah, um, he's got a DH, I think, like maybe not to the extent that Buxton does, but I think you want him off his feet. And uh, and DHing, you know, thirty forty games a year. Yeah, and and yeah. Rendon has got to stay healthy. I think they have three potential yeah. aces in their rotation in Otani, Tyler Anderson, and Patrick Sandoval. They could be a, a, a really good team this year. But again, they've got to stay healthy and they've got to play the baseball that we know that they can play. Because you have two of the best players to ever walk the face of God's green earth, and they've never played in the playoffs together. That's that's got to yeah. change. And I think they may have done enough moves. Made enough moves this offseason that that could potentially be the case. And then quick, quickly, Stan, because we're kind of up against it. Uh, who are your division winners in the National League? While, and who do you think we could potentially see in the World Series this year? Uh, I'm not going to get into picking a World Series yet. Uh, sure. Because it's just uh, the injuries. But Atlanta in the East, uh, St. Louis 
wins in a cakewalk to me in the Central, uh, even though Milwaukee's pesky. Uh, and then San Diego is going to win that division. I, my power rankings will debut on Monday, okay. but I will give one highlight to it. I've got the Dodgers at number 16 to start the season. I think they've had just a catastrophic off season. I think it's partly got to be by calculation that they've decided to save all their money to go after Otani next year. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like anything about that team. Uh, they didn't. They didn't even keep Tyler Anderson. So they they go in with Urias and Kurt Kershaw. And you and I know we can pencil Kershaw in for twenty twenty two starts tops. Yeah, he's going to miss a prolonged period of time. There's no Bueller. Gonsolin is hurt, so now he's to question mark a little bit. Dustin May, he might be great, but he doesn't figure to be great right off the bat coming back from uh, surgery. I think their defense is going to be not very good with Max Muncy at third base. Yeah, I agree. You know, I just think that terrible, terrible move there. And and the guy that they had penciled in to be their shortstop, they, in, th- in four years they've let Manny Machado, Corey Seager, and um, and Trey Turner all walk, and now their their shortstop is Miguel Rojas this year. Yeah, yeah, Stan, you yeah. and I, you uh, and I are in accord there. I, I think that they've they've done quite a disservice in their infield. And, I think and, gonna... and look at the and look at their offensive lineup. It's just not it's not very good. Not very good. Yeah, uh, there's so, so, there's still some guys. Surprise. There's still some guys in there that can hit, but I think they're a lot worse than they've been in in, in a while. Uh, I, I agree with you I mean, on that Justin, one. Justin Hayward makes the team. You know, uh, they're counting on J.D. Martinez to find the fountain of youth when it looks like he's found aging. Um, I just don't – that lineup does not impress me. Does not yeah. impress me one bit. Especially when you look at what the Padres have done. So, Stan, always great yeah. talking with you. What do you got coming up this week as we approach opening day? Uh, i got to talk to uh, Ross Grimsley. I think we're going to have Kenny Singleton on Monday night, uh, Thursday night, uh, Gary Stein and I, even though it's the beginning of the baseball season, we're, we've been trying to track down Jeff back to uh, put into perspective what's going on with the Ravens. Oh, man, I hope you can because I, I can't seem to do it. So, uh, yep. All yep. right, Stan, have a great week. Hey. Enjoy the season, all right? All right. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye. That was Stan the Fan, Charles, who continues to have two great shows for you every week. Every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball. And every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan and Ross caught up with Eric Garfield from Utah Street Report. And Stan and Gary chatted with former pro sports executives Andy Dolich and Marty Conway. Find those shows under the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan and Ross are back this Monday night with another great show going to try and get in touch with Ken Singleton. Then on Thursday night, uh, Stan and Gary are going to be back trying to talk with Jeff Zrebeck to put the Lamar Jackson situation into a little bit of perspective. When we come back in, love when this guy joins us. It's Press Box's editor, uh, Luke Jackson. He will sit in for the second hour, maybe even into a third, well into a third hour, to give us our Orioles, American League East, and Major League Baseball preview as the Major League Baseball preview show continues here on The Battle Round. 
Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Real Estate Sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. All right. Welcome back in to the bat around. Today's show brought to you by HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. That's HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Joining us in the studio today, we love when Luke joins us. We have Luke Jackson, the editor for PressBox Sports. Um, He is joining us to give our American League East Orioles and Major League previews. Uh, And we're also going to give some awards predictions. We're going to do all that as we look forward to a great conversation here with Luke that we expect to run a little bit longer than we normally go. Luke, how are you doing today? Thanks for bearing the elements to join us. Oh, I'm great. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, we, we love to hear. I think we're ready to roll, too. Baseball season is upon us. 
opening day on Thursday as the Orioles open up at 3.05 in Fenway Park. And let's talk a little bit here. Kyle Gibson, he's getting the opening day assignment, and then Dean Kramer's going number two, which means he's likely to get that that mm-hmm. home opening assignment. How do we feel about uh, Kyle Gibson, Dean Kramer being one-two in the Orioles rotation? Well, it makes sense to me, right? I think uh, based on what I saw from Dean against the uh, pretty representative Blue Jays lineup a few days ago, it was on MLB Network. He looked great. Yeah, uh, He was pounding the zone uh, with all of his stuff, uh, throwing all of his pitches for strikes. He, he just looked ready to roll. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I'm excited about what if he can – I'm excited to, for him to continue what he started the second half of last year, which was pounding the strike zone. Uh, throwing a ton of str- like one of the pitchers who threw the most strikes in the major leagues while he was you know starting yeah and I, I'm just and the confidence that he threw with last year uh, once he got back from the oblique injury I'm excited to see if he can continue that mm-hmm. uh, now Gibson I haven't seen him at all because <laughs> the games aren't really on TV right uh, so but it seemed like yesterday he got his work in yeah you know, that was the old veteran spring training outing yeah uh, give up seven runs get your work in. See you on opening day. That was the the, the old veteran uh, uh, spring trading outing. So uh, I assume that he'll be fine. Uh, you know, he's. I'm not surprised that he got the opening day gig because he has easily uh, the longest track record, mm-hmm. uh, longest resume uh, among the uh, starters uh, on the team. Uh, and outside of last year, he's been pretty solid throughout his career and you can point to his Phillies tenure as just being a bad fit for him because of the the ballpark yeah. uh and the defense in particular the infield defense in particular so uh hopefully those guys have good uh good seasons and behind those guys I would think that Kyle Bradish is going to be uh starting one of those games and of course Cole Irvin mm-hmm. would be starting one of those games and you have to wonder do, do they want to keep Cole Irvin out of Fenway Park and sure give him a bigger left field to work with in Texas. That's probably what they're debating right now, I would think. Uh, and then uh, the biggest question, what comes of Grayson Rodriguez? Do they want to send him down to build him up at Norfolk for three or four or five starts? And I would think that that's what they're debating right now. Yeah, I see for me uh, with Grayson Rodriguez, and that is a great segue because that's what I was going to ask you mm-hmm. about next. With, with Grayson, He's gone out there, and, and after each of these starts where he kind of blows up in the third or fourth inning, mm-hmm. he's been saying, I felt really great. My stuff was good. I'm not concerned about it, which is what you want to hear. And mm-hmm. if Grayson had debuted last year in June like we thought he was going to and didn't have the injury, mm-hmm. or if he, was in his sec- if he was in his third or fourth year, we wouldn't be thinking twice right. about, about his outings. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that he hasn't pitched at the big league le- level yet, and there's a debate where it's like, look, you're going to have to come out here and really prove that you belong. Mm-hmm. To me, I think he's done that. To me, I think that he's uh, that he's ready to pitch at the big league level. I think the Orioles think he's ready to pitch at the big league level. And three or four bad innings combined in the last three or four starts doesn't really sway that. And some of this stuff with some bad defense or some shoddy defense behind him where he was this close to getting out of it unscathed and the, kind of the wheels fell off there. And it's a learning experience for him. To me, if you're going to build him up, you're not looking to get. You're not expecting him to go much further than four or five innings. His first few handful of starts, anyway. Might as well do mm-hmm. that at the big league level, especially if you can have him debut in Texas, which is his home state, uh, for the second series of the year. I think Grayson Rodriguez is in this rotation. What I said to Stan is one of the main reasons. Also, is nobody else has taken that job. 
Right. Tyler Wells hasn't been particularly good. Austin Both has not been good. Spencer Watkins has been up and down, but you don't really justify Spencer yeah. Watkins taking the job over Rodriguez, Wells, or Both. And the other guys, Zimmerman, Rom, those guys have already been reassigned. So who else right. is going to take that fifth spot? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing with Grayson is is what they did with Kyle Bradish last year. They let him pitch and pitch and pitch, even when he wasn't necessarily having success, because mm-hmm. you know that in the long run, that's probably the best thing for them. And again, the Orioles are trying to win this year. Let's not don't get me wrong here, but it is not probably going to be a 90-95 win team. So you're going to take some... Grace Rodriguez will take his lumps, and there will be some things that will go wrong for him, and I think they're willing to stomach that because right now this isn't a team that they know is going to win a division. Sure. And I think it's exactly what you mentioned, that they're probably sifting through this right now. Do we want him wasting any more bullets Right. at AAA? Because mm-hmm. every pitcher... Some pitchers have a lot more bullets than others, but every pitcher's got a limit. Uh, and so they'll probably... and. The, but they're also probably thinking, you know, does he need to go down to AAA? Does right. he need to get built up down there? Uh, does he need to have like a little extended spring training almost at at uh, Norfolk? So they, these are things that they're probably, uh, like I said, sifting through right now, and that's the biggest decision that has to, uh, that has to be made because otherwise it's like a bench spot a bullpen spot but yeah that's that's the biggest one what sure. comes of Grayson Rodriguez and they've they've let him throw. 73 pitches his last outing, close to 70 pitches the outing before that. The the ramp up would suggest that his next outing maybe gets up to 80, 85, yeah. which is something that he can do at the big league level. He's facing a Texas team that has some good bats in there, but after after you know Seager, Simeon, and uh, Adoles Garcia, they don't really have much. And, and low, yeah, N- Nate, N- Nate Low's yeah. really good. Yeah. The, the, like you have Jonah Heim. Pretty solid. He's okay. I mean, like for a catcher, he's for, for could, a catcher, could, but catch, could uh, hit her for a catcher. But if you're thinking solely about the bat, you're, Jonah Heim isn't scaring you like those other four guys are. But to, to me, I, I like to see what he can do against. I, I think we know what he can do in AAA. And what. Let's remember, Mike Elias multiple times on the record wants him to be in the rotation. Exactly. And so, that, that's the best point that you can make. He's, I, and, you know, if he's healthy, you know, Mike might say, why are we wasting any more bullets? Let's let him develop. Right. Um, now, the the question for me was is just, you know, it's a little bit of a question about just simply how he was developed a little bit that he hasn't faced hitters a third time very much. No. And so the first time, really, that he's going to be facing hitters a third time a lot, it's going to be like Raphael Devers mm-hmm. and Aaron Judge and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Now, that would be a, a developmental process anyway. Sure. You know, regardless of how many times he faced AAA hitters a third time. But it's something. And now part of that is the pandemic and they had to rebuild these guys back up and everything. But, you know, that's that's something you have to take in consideration. Too. And, and also, it's not like if he starts at Norfolk, he's going to be facing uh, a lot of hitters a third time. You know, right out of the shoot, anyway. So I don't know. Right. I'm and, I'm talking in circles right now. No, no, no. You you're making an excellent point here. And in, in Norfolk, if he's facing hitters a third time early in the season, it's because he's getting hit around because he's not going to be going deep enough. You figure, yeah. If he's getting 18 outs, that's that's six innings. That's you're you're really only getting through the, the lineup a third time early in the year if you're getting hit around, and which you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't so, type of situation. So, so let me ask you this: if he cracks the uh roster mm-hmm. uh and he's the fifth starter what do you anticipate his innings load being to start the year is it like three or four inning starts five inning starts with like austin both or tyler wells behind him 
because Brandon Hyde has kind of poo-pooed that, that they don't want to have like that piggyback uh, set up and then you lose the reliever who comes in for mm-hmm. like three innings after that. You lose him for like three or four days. They don't want to do that. But what do you antis- guys anticipate well, going with his innings load? So if he it, it's if he's at 65 pitches through four innings, they'll let him, I think they let him come back out for a fifth inning. You know, and, and if that's the case, if he gets you through five innings, then you have enough depth in your bullpen where you really only need a guy to go an inning, maybe two, to get to that back end. Um, I don't think that they that they have the Tyler Wells plan for him where it's, we want three, two, three innings out of you to start the year, and then we're going to bring in a guy to give us another three innings so we get to the back end of our bullpen. I don't think that's the plan. He's the the innings the the number of pitches have been built up and a lot of people talk about innings. Innings don't really matter if the pitch if the pitch count is low and vice versa if the pitch count is high. It's more about pitches. So if he's at, you know, 75 pitches through 3 and a third, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. If so to me to to kind of round it back into answering your question I think the plan is to let him go out there and, and, and pitch as much as he can until he hits a certain point, whether that's in, whether that's because he's at 85 pitches or whether it's because he's at six and the third innings. That remains to be seen. I will also say about Grayson, and Jim Henneman had a, a short little story uh, on Pressbox Online about this. He got hit around in the third inning uh, the other day, but then he came back in the fourth inning, had a great inning. Yep. One, two, three. And that's what you really want to see. When, you, when your pitchers get punched in the mouth, how do they respond? Mm-hmm. Do they attack the strike zone? Do they come right back after guys? And that was good to see that got hit around in the third inning, came back out in the fourth inning, and punched back. Yeah. And that's and Buck Showalter always used to talk about that. When guys give up a two or three run homer, what happens in the next with the next batter? Do they immediately attack the strike zone? Because those are the kind of pitchers you want. Because mm-hmm. you want guys who get right back on the horse and it doesn't snowball and then you're destroying your bullpen to get through a game. Right. And Grayson Rodriguez, he strikes me as the kind of guy who thinks there's not a player in the league that he can't get out. Right. And and I actually tweeted about that the the other night that he came out and on 13 pitches got got a one a three out three down inning including two strikeouts after that. And it's not like he was getting smoked in mm. that third inning. It was a hit by a pitch. It was an in, a couple of infield singles, and then it was a three run homer. Home runs happen. Yeah. You just don't you don't want them to happen with two guys on base, which happened to. Uh, Kyle Gibson twice last night, and then he came out and getting still, his work in. And, but he still got, he still made it through the fifth inning. You know what I mean? So it's uh, I, I don't put a lot of stock into what I saw from Grayson Rodriguez this spring when he okay. had when he had the the bad outing, the bad innings. I will also say he had a so-so spring last spring too. He did, mm-hmm. and so he might be a slow starter. I, I, I really don't care about spring f- okay. for yeah. most guys. I, I think for Kerstad, that was the the only guy I really was putting a lot of stock into because we literally haven't seen the guy play. I yeah. mean, he just hasn't played. So that, he was the only one where I really cared this spring. Mm-hmm. I, you know, guys every year hit 500, 600, and it's whatever, right? I mean, they're not going to do it in the regular season. Most guys are, you know, going to have a hot two weeks, and they'll, they'll bat 419 because of it. It's yeah. funny because in here I have Lewin Diaz for MVP. So There you go. Oh, Good call. That, yeah. I like that one, Luke. There, there we go. Now let's talk a little bit about Heston Kersat since Zach brought his name up. Big Spring. Um, kind of looked like the guy that the Orioles picked second overall mm-hmm. in the draft in 2020. And I said it to Zach, I said it to Stan, Luke, that um, what I liked to see was he wasn't just doing it against minor league pitchers. The, the, mm-hmm. For the most part in spring training, that's what he was doing. But the yeah. last week or so, he got a lot of opportunities to start games and to do this against big league pitching, and he was still hitting them. Uh, Heston Kerstad, if you had asked me back on February 12th, 
I would have said he's going to start at double A and spend most of the year there and probably be in the Orioles' plans in 2024. Um, now I think he's put himself in the Orioles' plans in the second half of 2023 based on the spring. And if he goes out there and starts hot at Bowie, which I think we can all agree is where he's going to start mm-hmm. the season, um, where, how do you think he fits into the Orioles in 2023? Well, I'll be honest. I, I saw a lot of him at Aberdeen last year, and he just looked behind until the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you started to see uh, the Arkansas Heston Kerstad. Sure. And that's a guy, basically, the skill set is hit, hits the ball really, really hard. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. And he's one of those guys that when he squares up a ball, it sounds a little different. And you you heard a couple of those late in the year at Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And it carried right over into the Fall League. One MVP of the Fall League. Uh, and so, and I assume that what I saw the last couple of weeks at Aberdeen was basically what he was doing in the fall league. Sure. And it seems like that's carried right over uh, into spring training. So I haven't seen a, a lot of him, but based on what we've seen, like on Twitter and and whatever, that that's the Arkansas Hassan Kerstad, mm-hmm. and and that's also a guy who can play a solid right field, who can run the bases well enough, uh, but really. This, the biggest skill is hitting the ball really hard. That's what he does. Yeah. There's a lot of juice in the bat. And it just took a while. Even at Delmarva, he was making a lot of contact, but there wasn't a lot of power there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he gets to Aberdeen, and it's kind of a graveyard for hitters. And, you know, what I saw, he was swinging through a lot of velocity up in the zone, and not even like high A velocity up in the zone. He was just behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, last couple of weeks, he really started to come on. I'm really excited about what he can do at Bowie uh, this year. And I'll tell you what, yeah, if you go to a lot of Bay Sox games early in the year, it's going to be exciting to see Kobe Mayo and Heston Kerstad in the middle of that lineup. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, Kobe Mayo is a guy that we kind of don't talk about too much these days because of the fact that he was hurt a lot last year. The average hasn't matched the power to this point in his career, but that's another guy who he could factor into the Orioles' pens, probably not this year, but in the near future, where you have him hitting the middle of your order with that 70-grade power. Yeah, I would say that he's got a chance. The I would say the first half of next year is probably a little more realistic for Kobe mm-hmm. uh, just because... It, it, his, the spot he's played is third base, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, they might have a pretty good player right now at third base, yeah. if that's where they... Few of them. <laughs> they few yeah, of them. they might have a few options there at third base, and so, you know, we'll see, you know, how that how that, uh, how that that goes with him, but I, I'm, I'm excited for Kobe. Uh, he, like you said, he had the back thing that mm-hmm. kind of... I, it sort of made his season an up-and-down one last year yeah. just because he, yeah. you know, lost four or five weeks with a back that's... You, know, you, you you don't want that. But what I saw in Aberdeen was was really positive. Mm-hmm. And ha- I, I'm confident that had the back thing not occurred, that we would have seen that from him at Bowie. But I think he's going to yeah. be even better at Bowie this year than he was at Aberdeen last year. I mean, it, the power's legit. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he has in store for us. The first thing I noticed about Kobe Mayo after the Orioles uh, drafted him he's big. was he's big. And he has a. I, I love his swing. He's got a. He's got a very pretty and very fast swing, which is no wonder that he drives. He's just the ball. a strong kid. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I'm. I'm just excited to see what, what he can do. The Orioles. So many prospects, and one of yeah. them, um, former first round pick Jordan Westberg. Mm-hmm. Big spring, high exit velocities this year. Like routinely, can play third base, can play shortstop, can play second base, can play corner yeah. outfield. He's done everything he's needed to do this spring to make this ball club, not to mention he's your reigning minor league player of the year. Yet I don't think he's going to make this ball club. Jordan Westberg, what else does he need to do to get to Baltimore 
this season, and we think he will be this season, yeah. but earlier than later. Uh, well, I think he's the first man up. So yep. in in terms of the infield, mm-hmm. and so you know if there's an an injury in the major league infield, I think that he would be the first call. And I don't I don't know if he necessarily won't make the team. I think there's a, at least a path for him yeah, to possibly. make the team possibly sure. uh, because and you never know what happens in terms of uh, the roster in the days leading up to opening day because you have to some te- sometimes you have to make decisions on guys who are out of options mm-hmm. and you know do we want to try to get something for them now and move them along so uh, so I think there is a path for him to making the opening day roster but he's just got to keep doing what he's been doing like when you're in a quality organization sometimes there won't be a clear path for you to a yeah. major league job and that's competition that's what mm-hmm. it was that's, with, good- that's what it was with Gavin Lux for about two and a half years. And that's a good thing to have that yeah. competition and to always have the pressure on. And you find out who's who you're going to be your best players. You you yeah. find out who's going to be a part of your your championship core. So, um, you know, I'm sure he would be disappointed to start the year at AAA, especially if he feels like he deserved uh, an opportunity in the major leagues. But that's coming. Yeah, that's coming. And and you know, what I would tell him is that you know, you if you were in the organization in 2019, there would be plenty of opportunity for you in the mm-hmm. major leagues right now. But the organization's in a little different spot, and that's a good thing. Competition is a good thing. I saw a lot of him in Aberdeen. Solid ball player, solid yeah. all around ball player. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if there are any tools that are like spectacular, but there are no tools that are going to lose you a game. Yeah, in other words, uh, so. Uh, just solid all around ball player, and I think that he's going to be up sooner rather than later. So uh, I'm I'm excited about him too. And, and you're talking about you, you mentioned you know the exit velocities with Westberg. Um, certainly seems like they have a type when they draft, right? Mm-hmm. They like yeah. big, strong, central casting type of guys who hit the ball really, really hard. Yeah, they yeah. love EV. I yeah. mean, it, it's been very clear to me over the past two years. That is what they one of the big things they draft for is the guys that hit the ball the hardest and the guys that have a lot of strength. I mean, right. again, Mayo, Kerstad, those are the guys that are are well built out and are right. going to keep growing. And like, like someone, I don't know if someone told me or if I was listening on a podcast, when you watch an all-star game, there aren't a lot of five nine guys. No, it's a lot of six four six five guys. Get a few right. Cedric Mullins and, and, mixed in there. Yeah, but. So, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> that's why I said like they like the central casting types. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. And with Westberg, the only reason and Zach and I talked about this at the beginning of the show today. Now I said that look, if he's on your roster, he's going to get playing time. It may not. He may not have a set position. He plays every day, but he's going to get his starts all around the ball the, the ball field. The problem here is how much are you really going to play him to justify starting him at on the opening day roster? Because yeah. Jordan Westberg isn't mm-hmm. a guy that you bring up to be a bench player. He's a guy you bring up that you want him to play third base or shortstop or second base. Like we said, the positions that he can play. So is that a factor that's kind of weighing against him because they have so many guys that have a legitimate gripe to be the starting player at positions? I don't know if he would necessarily have to play every day. Mm-hmm. I think you could mix and match him. You know, we saw with Kyle Stowers, they brought him up. They didn't play him every day. Sure. So, uh, I'm not. So I'm not so sure if he ha- would have to play every day. And I and we, even when he comes up, I'm not so sure that he will play every day. The only guy that we've really seen seen with that is Rutschman and R- Henderson. Everyone else, you know, sort of you know mixes in and whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I so I don't know the answer to your question. I, I'm I'm not convinced that the trade's not coming. Uh, that a trade with re- involving an infielder. I think it's too late now. I, I, I don't think so. You don't I don't think like so. this is when that kind of stuff happens because it's here's here's what I would say that 
Urias and Mateo are both out of options. Mm-hmm. And so if they both, you know, obviously make the club, let's assume that they make the club, and they, for whatever reason, let's say they don't play well, then you're kind of stuck because they're, they're guys who you like, who you don't want to give up for nothing, mm-hmm. but then you have, but you have young infielders at AAA who are pushing for time, and so you want to make room for them, and so, so you either have to ride it out with the more veteran guys and hope that they turn around so that you can like deal them, mm-hmm. or uh, you have to waive them and get nothing for them, and so the thought process for me would be, well, do we want to just cut the band aid off right now? And roll with Westberg, like as you mentioned, like in more of an everyday role, mm-hmm. and deal one of these guys like Mateo or Urias right now, and make sure that we get something for them, and kind of eliminate some risk that way of starting the season with them, and just do it that way. Mm-hmm. Because, and like I said, this is the time of year when you have to sort of make decisions on the guys who are out of options. Austin Voth is another guy who's out of options. Yeah, yeah. and so, but they're, I guess they're paying him like a million and a half, and I think so. So yeah, I don't think I, I wouldn't be surprised by that if they, as you said, sort of have to make a decision on the guys who are out of options, and especially if they think that Westbrook's ready to go. Yeah, and they have. There's a lot of teams that, and I can think of three right off the bat that expect to contend this year that need infield help. You're looking at the Dodgers. They mm-hmm. they're really going with Miguel Vargas at second, Miguel Rojas at short, and Max Muncie at third base. Mm-hmm. You look at the Atlanta Braves. And they're going to platoon at shortstop with, um, oh my gosh, Ahiri Adrianza and uh, what's it, Arcia? Yeah, I think yeah, you're, yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, at, at shortstop, there, uh, that blows my mind. And then the Brewers, I, I, I don't know what they're. I never know what the hell the Brewers are doing. <laughs> I never know what the hell the, the Brewers it's are doing. It's questionable. I feel like the Brewers need a third baseman. I can't even think of the third baseman's name that plays for Milwaukee right now. They and to pair Arias with his brother, I think would be awesome. You might get the best out of him. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. There are teams that expect to contend right now that need infield help that you could probably get something for. And uh, they, their teams that probably have guys being blocked who are majorly caliber relievers or maybe a back end starter. Uh, to me, something's going to happen. Yeah. And but all of this is kind of compounded by the fact that. They signed a player that, in my opinion, when they signed him, they didn't need him, and they still don't need him, and that's Adam Frazier. What, a more expensive uh, Taron Vavra, basically. Yeah. You, why did you need Adam <laughs> Frazier? Like, they're paying him real money. They're giving him $8 million to be a, maybe their fifth or sixth best infielder at this point, in my, in my personal opinion. Why did you need Adam Frazier if you don't sign him? This isn't an issue right now. Yeah, I, I, I think they're idea when they signed Frazier was to get another left-handed bat in there against right-handed pitching, but also provide some veteran insurance against a guy like Jordan Westberg mm-hmm. not having a good spring and sure. not looking good. And a guy like Connor Norby maybe being a little farther away than you thought he was. Mm-hmm. So that veteran insurance that maybe seems like overkill right now, and maybe that $8 million could have gone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't disagree with you, but you know, if he has a good year, then we won't care. Right. And, that, and that's what I said to Zach. I said that uh, earlier in the show is that I don't dislike Adam Frazier. I understand that they brought him in to be a veteran, especially after losing the veteran presence of Ruth Neto Dorr from last year. But 
you have th- that veteran presence could have been Ramona Rios. Uh, and the other thing, and the, I would also say that I don't think they like Vavra at second base. Yeah, I, and I don't so, expect him to play there all yeah. the time either. Well, I, I think we need to back up for a second, though. We're backing up, okay. And <laughs> and realize if he becomes the 2021 version of himself, and mm-hmm. he's not the 2022 version of himself, he is not the fifth or sixth best infielder of this team. Not even close. He's probably the second best. Oh. Ooh, he's probably okay. the second best because that was a what four point three win player, I believe sure. so. And Gunnar Henderson could be right around that, maybe a little higher, maybe a little no, lower. No, I think Adam Frazier's career high for WAR was three point one, and that was in twenty twenty one. Was it? Okay. I, I was looking at that was B WAR because I was I, looking I at look it, it the other day I, when I was doing the infield show with Unlocked on the Regardless, Oris podcast. If yeah. he hits, if he hits three ten again, that is your second best infielder. If okay. Gunnar Henderson has the year we expect him to have, because we know Jorge Mateo ain't hitting like that. If wishes and butts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. <laughs> Wow, Luke, what do you have to say about that? I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I don't think Mateo's going to hit like that. Actually, I know Mateo's not going to hit that way, uh, and yeah. I don't expect Ramona Rios to hit that way. He's maybe going to hit more home yeah, runs than Adam I don't, Frazier. I don't, I don't expect Adam Frazier to hit that way. And I will say that I, I don't think they'll have – you mentioned Mateo. I don't think they'll have as much patience for the long slumps. Uh, you, that he they probably to. won't. They probably and won't. So, because they'll have more options yeah. that are ready to go. So – you know, with with both of the, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I, I would think a lot of teams also, if we're talking about trading Jorge Mateo, a lot of teams probably think exactly the same way Keith Law does, where Keith Law went on the show and basically said he can't hit, mm-hmm. and, which is true. So he I mean, said he was the worst hitting everyday player yeah, in baseball. The on base percentage was two sixty five, something along those lines, mm-hmm. and that doesn't play basically anywhere. But the defense and the speed are, are so valuable. It plays shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I mean, I I think Adam Frazier is a still a better player than Jorge Mateo is. Oh, I think he's a better player than Jorge Mateo. When I say he's maybe your fifth or sixth best infielder I'm talking about Gunnar Henderson Ramona Rios Jordan Westberg Connor Norby okay so you're Joey including Ortiz. the minor league I'm including the minor okay. league players okay. but that is a good point about him potentially having a bounce back year because that's what they targeted right because exactly. I'm sure Mike Elias talked with the ownership hey how much money do I have yeah okay not much okay so we're gonna go after yeah. some bounce back guys. I'm not on the negativity train here with, with Adam Frazier I'm not Neither. seeing where all this negativity is coming I, I, from I, I, again and me. that's why I, I I you know started this by saying I don't dislike Adam mm-hmm. Frazier. I just like these other guys better than I like him. That's fair. And, and uh, you know, so for me, it's I, when they signed him, I understood. You want that veteran presence. You don't know that these guys are going to be what you hope they're going to be, but they all went out and had really good springs. Yeah. Um, and, and they're all at the top levels yeah. of your minor league system and knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. Now, look, he's, a, he's here on a one-year deal. He's 100% trade bait. He's yeah. somebody, if he yeah. goes out and puts together a good season, I do not doubt that he'll be traded at the deadline. Uh, it's just a matter of, would I rather see Jordan Westberg playing second base on opening day than Adam Frazier? You're damn right I would. Okay. I don't disagree. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm right there with both of your points. I understand where both of you are coming from. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, and Luke, he mentioned that the Orioles have a lot of options. Toyota Tacoma. Has a lot of options. It comes, in a, it comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose a perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Luke took off his headphones, so I guess we're going to our second That would have made Glenn proud. You know what? That would have made Glenn proud. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back in, preview the rest of the American League East and the rest of baseball. All that next on The Battle Round. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the birds with Birdland Sports. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. I'm Griffin Bass, and I have the extraordinary, mind-blowing, and life-affirming pleasure of being the new producer for the absolute funniest, smartest, and most handsome sports host in all of Baltimore. Wait a second. Glenn, I'm working for you, not Jeremy Kahn. If you're not listening to Glenn Clark Radio, here's what you're missing. He's Coach Kevin Willard. Glenn, thanks for having me. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Mr. Marcus Williams, who's now with us. Man, I appreciate it. Happy to be on. Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot, good to be with you. Ryan Mountcastle. Thanks for having me on, guys. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me, I had a great time. It's a great Ray Lewis. Always good to be home. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. Watch Glenn Clark Radio at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio or anytime on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's project management program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online CCBCM md.edu for more information ccbc project management your new career starts now with funding available 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu back 
in here live on the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by Baseball Betting, which is here. You can bet $50 on Maryland's newest sportsbook, Bet Fred, and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up through PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big. I was about to comment about how this was the best, the most grammatically correct well read well that we've had in a while for these bets. But it says, uh, <laughs> go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now for you shot at winning big. Right as I was thinking, this is the best read. Luke, you got to write those better next time. Come on. <laughs> are, are you writing them, Luke? No. <laughs> no I, I don't I'm You said that. I was like, I, oh my God, is Luke I writing them? I have no so, idea who writes I, these. I, I think Glenn writes them. And Glenn's so busy, ah. too, that he's just, I think he's just typing fast. And he's like, they know what I mean. <laughs> um, no, that's 100% what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I guarantee it. So, um, Luke, you just got some um, some information about the Yankees for this season. Go ahead and tell us what you tell the, the world. The, this, Telling the world, the okay. What you just told us, uh, Luis Severino, low grade right lat strain, which I'm not sure if that's similar to what Grayson had last year or not. Uh, Clark Schmidt is in line to start the Yankees' second game of the season because Rodon is also on the shelf right now with the forearm. I think it is. Yeah, the for, the, the elbow strain. For yeah. most people, this would be like a two months injury. For for Luis Severino, it'll probably be the whole year. We know yeah. Luis Severino can never ever be healthy. So Luis, Luis Severino starting the year on the IL. Yeah. Carlos Rodon starting the year on the IL. They Nestor lost Tyon. Cor- they lost Tyon. Nestor Cortez had the hamstring issue. Has he come back from that yet? I think he did. I think he's good to go for yeah. the season. Okay. He's right? good. So, but even still, there, there's question marks up and down that Yankees rotation. With that in mind, let's look at the American League East let's here. Let's do it. Um, I think that everybody in the world is picking the Yankees to win the American League East. Not me. How much of that is has to do with the fact that they are... Um, the New York Yankees and not have to do with their roster. Well, they won 99 games last year. They and their, did. And their first half was like historically good. Yeah. Uh, then they cooled off in the, in the second half. Uh, and they do get Aaron Judge back, and he had like one of the best offensive seasons of a player time. has ever had. Yeah. So that, that's a good starting point as mm-hmm. to why um, pl- uh, people are probably picking the Yankees. And the computer projections have them being a little better than uh, the Jays. Uh, so... For me, the questions with the the Yankees, how long does the Rodon injury linger? Because Mm -hmm. if he's back by like May 1st, then that top of the rotation is pretty much as good as anybody's in the AL with Cole uh, and and Rodon. And then now, of course, the the question is Severino. How long is he out? I guess now Clark Schmidt is going to get the first crack at his uh, rotation spot. So, and then the other question for me is that, especially in the second half of last year, the Yankees lineup uh, a lot of times was like Aaron Judge and his eight friends, mm-hmm. even with Stanton in there. Sure. So, I like the way did, Aaron Judge is eight friends. <laughs> and so, I I don't know how how much better the the uh, the lineup gets. They have some young infielders who seem like they're pretty much ready to go. Volpe mm-hmm. is seems like. He, he might be the everyday shortstop to so. start the year, yeah. and it seems like IKF might be like a utility guy, kind yep. of a outfielder, infielder type. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Like I said, I I think I've I've got the Jays winning this division, but okay. uh, like I said, the computer uh, projections have the Yankees being a little bit better than the Jays. Yeah, I I had the Yankees in second place until this morning. And then I put them in first place until you came out with the least ever. Because I look at the Blue Jays' rotation is really good. Um, the Blue Jays' offense mm-hmm. is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what happened? I said last year the Blue Jays were the most talented team in baseball. Yeah, that proved I, me I, wrong. I picked them to, to win the World Series yeah. last year. Um, I, I look at the Blue Jays, and I think that they should win this division. The Yankees, what's, what, what, what I like about the Yankees is the same thing that scares me about the Yankees. Yeah. They are very feast or famine in that lineup. You look at Aaron Judge. He's a world beater. Same thing with DJ LeMayu. I think DJ LeMayu is just a professional hitter. Can they stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Giancarlo Stanton. And now, even when he is healthy, that batting average continues to dip year after year after year. They seem to have a lot of guys with a lot of power and not a lot of contact. Anthony Rizzo is another guy who can hit 35 home runs for you, but is he going to hit 220? You know, and then Josh Donaldson is their third baseman, and I just don't know how Josh Donaldson is still a th- starting third baseman in this league anymore. Yeah, how many times really did, play did, did dude, we see dude, him? their fans are going to work him every time he strikes out? How, how many times did we see him hit a fly ball last year, and he acted like it was gone and got called in front of the warning track? <laughs> right, yeah. like I, Aaron Hicks is nothing, and there. Well, when Harrison Bader comes back, Harrison Bader isn't that good. No, he had a nice stretch for them in the postseason, but Harrison Bader, what has he? ever done since his rookie season to prove that he's a guy that you can depend on? Well, he was certainly better than what they had in center field prior to that, I would say. Uh, And there was a reason why they acquired him when he was hurt, Mm -hmm. because they thought he was a good player when when he's healthy. As you mentioned, they've got some age. Mm -hmm. With Donaldson, Stanton, uh, LeMahieu, Rizzo. What happens to older players? They tend to get old guy injuries. Yeah. And we saw that with LeMahieu last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we see that with Rizzo at all this year. but sure. And and so I think, particularly with LeMahieu, I'll be interested to see how he holds up throughout the year. Because I think last year, he basically ended the year on the IL with like old guy injuries. It was right? a foot fracture, I believe. That's an old yeah. guy injury. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, look, I, I have the Yankees winning this division as well. Um, but... It's not because they're the most talented team in the division. I don't even think they're a top two talented team oh. in this division. I, I think there are, I think the, the the Orioles are possibly better built than the than the Yankees are at this moment. I think we're a year or two away from that. But I, okay. I don't know. I, I the bullpen was so excellent last year for the Orioles. The starting rotation's been upgraded. The bullpen could take a step back. It certainly could. But we've talked about this a lot. The lineup has legit options and depth this year. The Yankees have a lot of missing pieces at the moment and a lot of injuries. If they were fully healthy, the Yankees would be by far a more talented team. But you know how they're currently built, I don't know if I see it. I, but I the do injuries are ha- already mounting up in that season. Right. Starting. But I have the Yankees winning the division because they are the Yankees. And last year I had them in second place and they won 99 games. I had the Blue Jays in first. I got burned by that. I think the Blue Jays are far more talented. Far more talented than any other team in this division. And they're Again, stacked at every position. I like them everywhere. But I, the Yankees consistently win, win, win. And in that ballpark, you can have guys like Aaron Hicks who will randomly hit a fly ball to right field, you know, 300 feet that'll go out. So to me, the Yankees are still the Yankees and they will do things that you don't expect them to do. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo had a three homer game against the Orioles last year and all three balls were pop ups. Right. They were all pop ups. That's what I'm saying. And, right. and they, they, they were wall. And there's a lot of lefties razors. in that lineup this year. There's yeah. a lot of lefties. And Anthony Volpe, by the way, is the real deal. He's yeah. incredible. You've been I've on seen, him for like three years. Yeah, I've seen Volpe many times in person and I love the kid. Trey Sweeney also, I don't know if he's going to get a. Uh, Look, do you know anything about Trey Sweeney? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to get a. Uh, any time in the majors this year, but he's another excellent infield prospect that's just going to hit, hit, hit. So I think that we're all in agreement here, or in agreement, whichever word you prefer, that um, it's going to be the Yankees and the Blue Jays at the top of the yes. division, yes. right? So then, can we all agree that we think the Red Sox are the last place team yes. in this division? Yep. 
So who are your th- your uh, third and uh, fourth place teams? I have I have the Rays in third and the Orioles in fourth. And again, I think the Orioles are really talented. I think. Well, they... let's 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 go through this. Let's okay, say sure. what, what we let have, Luke, and, then, and then we'll Luke, <laughs> sorry, who, Luke. Who do you think? Who? Um, I, you know, I was looking at the Rays roster yesterday, and the lineup is a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. But they have pieces that I like at each of those positions, and the like. The rotation has a chance to be really. Really, really unreal. Good. Yeah. So you have the the Rays in third. Yeah. The Rays yeah. in third. Orioles in fourth. I'm the lone wolf here. I've got the Orioles in third, okay. and I've got the, the Rays in okay. fourth. And uh, Zach, since you got started, I'll go last. Go ahead and, and give me your, your reasoning behind yeah, this. Again, the Orioles are really talented on paper, and what they did last year in the bullpen wise, especially, I think is going to take a step back, and that's going to hurt them. But the talent on paper is very good, in my opinion. The, the lineup is very deep, and there's a lot of players I really like there. Uh, and the Rays, to me, have a less talented team on paper. Just, but the, like Luke said, that starting rotation and the depth they have there. We'll put them over the Orioles this year. Sure. I'm pretty confident in that. I, I think they're going to win about 86 games, 87 games, the Rays. I have the Orioles more at 81, 82, uh, maybe even a few less than that. So for me, the, so Orioles, the Orioles below 500. I, yeah, I do. I okay. Again, as talented as they are on paper, I think the bullpen is going to be the reason they take that step back. And and I will also say they might the Orioles might take a step forward organizationally this they, year, yeah. but take a small yeah. step back in terms of the yeah. one-loss record. Uh, and I, I look at the Orioles right now, and the, the bottom half of the lineup still leads, leaves something uh, to be desired for right. me. That's you true. mentioned the bullpen possibly taking a step back because it would be hard to keep that up. Yeah, and especially then, and guys so, like Perez. And, and now the one big thing, the one big storyline for me in this division, a more balanced schedule, how does that affect all the teams? Mm-hmm. How does it affect a win total? It might not affect it as much as we think it might, but that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. That these teams will not be playing each other 19 times. So I look at this, and I have the Orioles in third place because a, I think their rotation is going to be sneaky good. Okay, uh, and I think that they're playing with the best, one of the best defenses in all of baseball. Yep. behind them, and they have that huge wall in left field. Right. right? So I, I just, I honestly believe that the defense is going to make the starting rotation that much better. Dylan Tate's going to miss the first month of the season, but mm-hmm. if you get Dylan Tate back, Michael Givens' sore knee kind of goes away, and he's ready to, ready to go. And then you also have CNL Perez in the back end of your bullpen. Oh, by the way, Brian Baker, and oh, yeah. by the way, Tyler Wells, and then Felix Bautista is one of the nastiest closers in all of baseball. Yeah. I think the bullpen looks really strong. They just got to kind of get through the the little aches and sores that they have at the beginning of the year that every team has. Dylan Tate is more than an ache and a sore, but they expect him back by May. And they can be off and running. It bodes well for them that even though they're missing Tate in the first month of the season, they have 28 games that are all very winnable yeah. in the first month. And look, I actually broke it down by by month for their schedule. They have a great chance to come out of the gate strong. They can go like some people were saying 19 and nine. They can go 17 and 11 mm-hmm. in in to, to start the year in the first month. May brutal. They have 15 games versus 2022 playoff teams. Another four against improved uh, Rangers. Another, I mean, against the improved Angels. Another three against the improved Rangers. Yeah. July 18 games with 2022 playoff teams. August 15 straight games to start the month against Toronto, the wow. Mets, the Astros, the Mariners, and the Padres. Wow. But the season ends with a far easier schedule in September and October than I think I can I've ever seen. They have games against Arizona, Boston, DC, and a race team that I believe that the Orioles are better than. And then you look at June. June is a twenty-four game month where almost every single series is winnable. So I'm looking at the Orioles. If they go seventeen and eleven in April, if they go eighteen and eleven in August, I mean August in September, and they go like sixteen and eight in June, that's a team that 
potentially is a 91-92 win team. Then you kind of tread water. Maybe you're uh, just a little below, just a little bit above or right at 500. You play 500 ball the other three months. Uh, I have the Orioles winning 88 games this year. I think that their that their defense, their starting pitching, and their bullpen are strong enough that it can make up for some guys in their lineup that I think are going to be a little bit um, less than what we, that we want them yeah. to be. Guys like Jorge Mateo, Austin Hayes, maybe Kyle Stowers, Anthony Santander. Everybody loves him, and I love Santander. I think he's a six-hitter. He should not be hitting third, fourth, <laughs> or fifth on this ball club. Right. I will scream it from a mountaintop. No matter how many times he replies to or likes my negative tweets about him, he hit 248 last year with a 318 on base percentage. Yeah. That guy should be hitting sixth in your lineup, not third. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so that's why. But legitimately, I just think that their pitching and their defense are going to be so good, uh, and they're going to have enough star power with those some of those uh, other guys that I think they're better than the Rays. That's yeah. I, I think on paper they are. Let's just see it play out. Uh, you know, throughout the season, sure. and and the Rays pitching again so scary. And the, the depth in the bullpen is Luke mentioned. Sure. Scary. A- absolutely. So you look at it. You, I've. So I've got the Yankees at 95 and 68, the Blue Jays at 94 and 67, the Orioles as your third wild card team at 88 and yeah. 74, Tampa Bay 85 and 77, and the Boston Red Sox at 75 and 87. Okay. Anybody else? You guys? You? I, I didn't we, put win totals. I did. I would. Ju- I just ranked them. It's it's the only division I put win totals. I okay. I, I do that every year just because it's fun for me. Um, I'd probably have the Yankees again around 95 wins. Blue Jays pushing low 90s. Uh, the Rays again 86, 87. I think the Orioles around that 81, 82 mark, and then the uh, the Red Sox uh, 73. Yeah, we're only two years removed from four teams in the in the American League East winning 90, 91 it's, games. It's very possible. Yeah. So, um, all right, what time we got here? 11:48. Let's catch our third and okay. final break. When we come back in, we'll give our major league preview uh we will talk about uh our awards predictions and take to rake but before we do that we want to remind you press box at glenn clark radio is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of baltimore sports watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash press online or facebook.com slash press sports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on itunes spotify or anywhere you get your podcast you have no excuses not to catch glenn clark radio in some form or fashion because you never know who might pop up on gcr this week the guys caught up with maryland basketball legend drew nickel Drew Nicholas, Ravens defensive lineman Brent Urban, and Maryland women's basketball star Brene Alexander. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. Coming back to close things out on the bat around next. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season let's go o's whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today that first sip that first bite 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC is here to help. With funding available for short-term career programs, you can get back on your feet in no time. Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcm edu for more details ccbc apartment maintenance technician your new career starts now with funding available 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles orioles phenom gunner henderson breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full mlb season also inside we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state and bo smoker breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the ravens press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. This edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state. And Bo Smolka breaks down another year of wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. And before we get into the Major League preview uh, here, we were just talking about the Orioles bullpen and who we think is going to be in it. And it's an interesting conversation to have because Joey Crable started the spring so poorly, but he has gone, what, like six or seven straight outings without giving up a run now. Mm-hmm. Um, Keegan Aiken has been, hasn't given up a run all spring. CNL Perez has been good. Michael Givens has been good. You know Dylan Tate's going to start on the IL. Andrew Politi, aside from that one bad outing against the Phillies, has been really good. And Brandon yeah. Hyde cannot rave enough about his curveball. Yeah. How do we think that this that this bullpen shakes out? Is Mike Bowman? I, I included him in my in, in my thoughts for the bullpen. Maybe he goes back down to the minor leagues. Who is going to make this team to come out of the pen? And do they maybe start with an extra reliever and one less starter because of a couple of off days to start the year? I look. I think Politi's making the team. 
I just have that feeling with the way they talked about him, with mm-hmm. the way Brandon Hyde has discussed his stuff and, and his mindset. I do believe Politi is making the team, but I don't believe Ballman is. And I, I feel as though Crable will, but I'm not 100% positive there. Uh, it's going to be a good question as to whether who gets that, really, that last spot. Because there is w- really one spot open if you don't include, if you do include Brian Baker on the roster. So right. it's going to be interesting to see who gets that one, but I, I think Politi has the edge for me. And I also think it goes back to the Grayson decision that if you ah, decide yeah, to yeah. send him to Norfolk, then that means that like Austin Voth or Tyler Wells is probably going to start sure. in the rotation to, to begin the year. Yeah. And so there's a little domino effect there as well. Yeah, and that, that honestly, it would make sense. We don't want to see that happen. We want Grayson to start the year in the uh, five-man rotation. Yeah. But again, this there's ways to work around that because you have so many off days in the first three weeks of the season that you can kind of justify mm-hmm. maybe running with with five starter with four starters right. and an extra bullpen arm because you th- you know that they're going to have a four man bench there's just too yeah. many guys that are major league caliber players um, for not enough spots right so w- we'll see how it plays out it's it, a good problem for the Orioles to have they are yeah, very yeah. very deep throughout their entire uh, organization at this point in time so it'll be uh it'll be fun for sure to see what happens and. No matter what happens, we're going to be bitching about something when when the uh, 26-man roster comes out Always. on, on uh, Monday or Tuesday. It's it, That's just what's going to happen. We're going to complain about something. So and maybe one of those guys will be on the taxi squad. Who the hell knows? Um, moving on to the rest of baseball, uh, let's start with the AL Central. Do we all agree that the Cleveland Guardians are the class of the, of the AL Central? Uh, unquestionably, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then I think after that is where you have the shakeup. I've got the White Sox coming in second and holding down a wild card spot. I looked at their lineup. I look at their rotation. I look at their bullpen. They're going to be without um, Liam Hendricks, I think, all year, right? He's out for the year, isn't he? I don't know. He has cancer, Liam Hendricks does. Yeah, yeah. So I would not expect – I knew there was something – I feel bad that I forgot what it was. But I knew there was something serious that was going to cost him a good bit of the season, if not the whole season. I can't imagine he pitches. I can't imagine that he pitches, which this whole thing makes it so much more incredible that back in 1997 – Eric Davis was yeah. able to play baseball while going through chemotherapy for colon cancer. Like, how the hell did That's he do that? That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. 25 years ago, he was 26 years yeah. ago, he was able to do something like that where now you get cancer, you're not playing. Right. You know, it, it's incredible. But anyway, so who do you guys have finishing second in the Central? Look, I actually have the Twins. Um, I, without Carlos Correa, obviously, I, I guess there is a little bit of a downgrade for, for Minnesota. But he's the, What do you mean without Carlos Correa? Oh, he did resign. Yeah, I, he's there. I totally blanked on that. You're right. <laughs> Carl, with Carlos Correa. Um, you know, I, I was still thinking he signed with the Mets. I don't know why my brain went there. But yeah, right. I mean, Carlos Correa is back, and they made some, uh, made some other additions like Pablo Lopez. I like that starting rotation a lot. I think there's some definite pieces in there. And to me, uh, the lineup is good enough. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games here. I think they're a... 82, 83-win team. Okay. I don't think they're... I think the whole division is pretty weak outside of Cleveland. Uh, but Minnesota has, to me, enough pieces where they can absolutely make this work as a second-place team because I just don't think anybody else is that good. I really don't think the White Sox are that good. The Royals and the Tigers, we'll talk about them in a second. I'm not a fan of them either. So, I like the Twins more than you as well. Mm-hmm. In But I got a f- couple key questions for them. Byron Buxton is going to start the year as a DH. Yeah, yeah. To try to keep him healthy, can he stay healthier than he has uh, yeah. been in the past? Because no. that's probably the answer. Okay, <laughs> I, that's probably I, I, it. I guess so. But if he can just DH and do what he does with the bat, 
Is that it, would be helpful. Is it possible to be less healthy, though? He basically misses the season every year. He has played more than 92 games in a year once in right. his eight-year career. So I don't that know is, if it's possible is, to be uh, less and, and healthy. Last year, he played 92 games and still hit 28 home runs. Look, mm-hmm. the batting average is always low. So is the on-base percentage. Yeah. But the power is there. He's stupid fast. But he has not proven to me that he has any ability to stay on the field more than 80 games in a year. Yeah, okay. So now you're talking me into the White Sox. Now, okay. Joey Gallo, can he bounce back at all? No. Because they're going to. I don't like Joey Gallo. Okay, because New York was a bad fit for him. Mm-hmm. Now, he was a very. It was a, in a frustrating package, but he was a very productive player in Texas. And I, I figured that it wouldn't work in New York because any time that he had a four strikeout game, he was going to have 30 Joel Shermans at his locker waiting for it. I knew that wasn't, that wasn't going to work out. Sure. So I think in a lower pressure environment in Minnesota, he's got a chance and to bounce the back. And without the shift, that might help as well. Uh, but now you're talking to me in the White Sox because your answer on Buxton was no. Your mm-hmm. answer on Gallo was no. And then my next question is Tyler Malley. He came over in the trade with Cincinnati. Uh, he was really good with the Reds. Uh, but he only started four games uh, with the Twins. Yeah. Uh, because I think it was a shoulder, sore shoulder, whatever Sounds it was. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, can he be a number two behind Pablo Lopez? Can Lopez and Mali be a legit Well, I think Sonny Gray's the number two. Okay. Personally. I, All right. I, 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 or, well, those top three of the rotation, can that be a legit top three? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, I think that's a legit, again, the whole starting rotation I feel is deep. I mean, Kansas okay. Maeda has very, you know, been successful for a long Solid time guy. in this league. Yep. Joe Ryan, I, I'll be completely honest, I don't know a lot about Joe Ryan, but I've heard there, I've heard some good things, so maybe Joe Ryan rounds out the, t- the back of that rotation, but you know, Maley has had some good years, and Kenzo Maeda has obviously had a lot of good years. And then Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray are two, not I wouldn't say they're star pitchers, but they're great number twos. They're both great number twos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that. It's a deep starting rotation. It really is. Paul? They, they, they've got a great starting rotation. I don't think they have an off- offensively. I don't know how much I trust their bullpen. So, I, so I like for me, Killer off a lot. I, guys, I'm, 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 I'm going to surprise you here. I picked the Twins in fourth place. Oh, really? In this division. I think Kansas City is going to be one of those teams mm. that we're talking about this year. I don't think they're a playoff team. Who's pitching? <laughs> well, I, look, I, 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 I'm higher on their on their rotation. I, I think that, that the Twins do have a better starting rotation. But I think offensively and in their bullpen, I just think that Kansas City is a better team. I, I do. Like, I think Mike Massey and Vinny uh, Pasquantino, they have a chance to prove they, that they can hit at the big league Vinny level. Vinny can hit. Yeah. They, 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 all they've done in their minor league careers is hit. Yeah. And, when, mm-hmm. and in their brief stints at the big league level, they've hit. Mm-hmm. I think Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be one of the best players in the game. He's got to get on year. baseball. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I, but I think he will. Okay. I, th- I think he will. I, I agree. I think he's just going to be an average. I'm huge and, on Bobby Witt and, Jr. And he knows that he's going to be the everyday shortstop now. Okay. I think that, that he's just going to have a... Oh, so a, that is... So he's not playing any more third. He's the no, shortstop. He, he, okay. he is the starting right. shortstop. He is the starting shortstop. Because Monsi is in, uh, with Boston now. Yeah, right, so. right. Yeah. You're and absolutely right. I, I, I like... They don't have an ace in their rotation. Brady Singer's as close as they have to an ace right now. But I like Zach Granke. Uh, Jordan Lyles is a guy who we saw last year. He's going to give you six or seven starts where he's just going to be like, oh, God. Yeah. But he's going to give you another 25 starts where he gets you into the sixth and seventh inning of two-run ball. So For me, with Lyles, the, the whole thing is if his velocity is where it should be, he'll give you a solid outing. If his velocity is a little bit down, mm-hmm. he's getting wrecked. Yeah, and, and yeah. when he's missing up, he's getting hit hard. <laughs> is it crazy that the person I'm most interested in in this rotation is Ryan Yarbrough? I really like Ryan Yarbrough. I like Ryan he Yarbrough. He carved up the too. Orioles every time. Yeah, yeah. Him, he, he's a he's good He's got pitcher. that cutter from the left side. Yep. 
gets yeah, in on right A little, little crossfire action with yep. Ryan Yarbrough. Yep. I, I really like Ryan. I wanted the Orioles to sign Ryan Yarbrough. He would have been and a nice fit. He's probably the two-starter there, I think. Maybe the three-starter. No, it's, it's going to go Singer and Granky. You think so? Yeah. I'm not a believer in, in, in Zach Granke right now. Not yeah. anymore. I, he's pretty old, man. All, yeah. all he's ever done is, get is people succeed. Out. That's yeah. all he's ever done. You, I feel the same way about Zach Davies, but Zach Davies yeah. has put together a really nice career being a soft tosser. Zach Greinke has re, has rebuilt himself, and he's never he's had one bad year, and his, his ERA was like 480 yeah. that year. Every other year, his ERA is like 3.7 or less. I have all yeah, the faith fair. in the world that Zach Greinke just knows how to pitch. You know what I mean? He, the guy just knows how to pitch. So yeah. I, I look at that rotation, and I don't think they're great. I don't yeah. think they're bad. I like their offense a lot, and I just think that they could be a sneaky team. I like that their uh, manager came from the Rays organization where he, mm-hmm. he was taught how to win with less. To me, they, the Kansas City Royals are a really sneaky team. The Twins, their offense, I just when, – when you're banking on Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, and Joey Gallo – I don't know how. That's a lot of ifs. And Jorge Polanco though is is a is a good hitter. Okay, so you can name like three good hitters in their lineup, like like legitimately, and then a bunch of guys who are huge question marks. They added Christian Vasquez too. It's a nice catching piece. I will say for the Twins' sake, it's a good thing that Carlos Correa came back around. Yeah, yeah, he he's the one guy, and people are worried about his ankle. He had two different yeah. teams tell him, uh, "We don't want to give you all that money because you have an ankle that's going to yeah. break in half in the next couple of years." So and Zach is just learning about this. I, <laughs> he's just he's just finding out. My, about, my about brain the whole still thing. thinks yeah. Carlos Correa is a Met. <laughs> so, uh, and then of course Detroit, they're so bad. Yeah, they are so yeah. bad. And the best thing that can happen for them is the end of this season when they can finally be rid of Miguel Cabrera because they still bat him in the middle of their order, and mm-hmm. he is not a middle of the order bat and hasn't been for five years. So, well, uh, for me, the Tigers, it's a successful year if they can get Torkelson back on track and if he mm-hmm. looks like a middle, legit uh, middle-of-the-order bat. And if Eduardo Rodriguez can opt out at the end of this year, if whatever went on with him last year, if he put that puts that behind him and can have a really solid year, they can flip him at the deadline for something good. Yeah. Because yeah. he's one of the better left-handed pitchers uh, in baseball. Uh, obviously, last year was uh, a roller coaster ride for whatever reason, yeah. uh, but he can opt out at the end of this year. He would be a very valuable commodity at the uh, trade deadline, and yeah. they, they'd be able to get something for him. Detroit's outfield is actually quite nice. With Austin Meadows in right, Akil Badu in left. What's the deal with Meadows? And Riley Green in center. Meadows had some issues last year, too, that he was working through. That's true. He was injured a little bit, but I... I I don't even know if it was an injury, right? I thought he missed some time. I don't believe Meadows played the whole year. something. There's been a lot of guys in all professional sports, a a lot of just professional athletes in general, who are really taking care of their mental health, which I think is is hugely important because, yes, sports are nice and all that, but you're still going to have another 40 years of life, uh, Lord willing, after your career is over. you got to get your mental health in check. So we've seen it with Calvin Ridley. We've seen it with, um, I can't remember, that star tennis player, and I can't remember her name. We saw it with... um, uh, Simone Biles, and we, we are seeing it now with Eduardo Rodriguez okay. and Austin Meadows. Th- these guys are taking their mental health seriously. They're treating it like any other mm-hmm. injury and getting right with it. And I, I don't have an issue with that. You know what I mean? I don't, no, I can't. And, that, yeah, and that's what it was. It was that's some, it was. some okay. uh, mental health difficulties with uh, Austin Meadows. Okay. Right. So, so it's it, if they can get their minds right and, and come back and be the players that they, that they can be at their best – then by, by all means. You know? I love that Absolutely. outfield, though. I Absolutely. love that outfield. Yeah. Uh, I, I, see, I don't know. I, I, I don't... 
Akil Badu does does nothing. He's okay. Yeah, Austin, Ma- Austin Meadows has power, but he does nothing for me. Uh, and Riley Green's got to take a step forward too. Yeah, like he struggled. Are, yeah. they, these are all guys that they have potential to be really good players, but they, I just there's a number of outfields I can think of off the top of my head that I would take. Oh no, be, okay. And know. I'm not saying that. It, no doubt there. I mean, Aaron Judge go, goes and plays in you know New York, and I would take that outfield even with Aaron Hicks over this one. Yeah, but still, you look at Detroit and their saving graces are outfield. It just goes to show it's a bad baseball team. Yeah. Right. Right. This, this yeah. is this is the last place team, which is the overall point. Right. Um. So then you move to the American League West, and guys, when I first did this yesterday, all I thought about was Texas's moves okay. in the last two years, and I put them at first in my division, and then I I stopped. And I went back and I did more research and I looked at the teams and I, I, I moved the Rangers to fourth place in my in in my. So division. we went from first to fourth. I, I'm I'm telling you, okay. I, I was doing this in a kind of rushed fashion, and I thought Odorizzi, Degrom paired with Simeon, Garcia, and um, uh, Seager, and yeah. I'm like, and, and Nate Lowe, and I'm like, that's a good team. Yeah. And then I looked at the rest of their roster, and it's like. That's a middling team. And they're banking on uh, Nathan Nivaldi and Jake Odorizzi uh, bouncing back. They're banking on Jacob DeGrom being healthy. They're banking on John Gray putting back-to-back good seasons together, which he's never done before. There's a lot of um, what-ifs with this team. They have sunk a lot of money in the rotation between Perez, Gray, DeGrom, Ivaldi, and Heaney. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah, and he he needs another one, right? Yeah. The, the, another one where you've seen him be really successful, and you've been you've seen him be just god awful. Which which pitchers are you getting here? That's a great question. I the pitching is still kind of suspect to me. I mean, again, Jacob Degrom. What can you really count on Jacob Degrom? I don't know how if many you can. innings are you counting on. I mean, I, not a hundred eighty. Uh, no, I'm thinking more 115, 120. Because and they'll be you know the. 120 of the best innings that anybody will throw. Sure. This I year. mean, he'll probably put up a 2 3 ERA and but, strike out 10 per nine. But he had a 108 I, I, ERA last year when he yeah. got hurt. <laughs> right. And, but I would ago. rather have, I think I would rather have DeGrom throw 180 innings of like three plus ERA ball rather than 120 of two plus. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? So. I, I like Martin Perez a lot. I think Martin Perez is a very consistent and reliable starter as a number two. But then you have John Gray. He's getting paid far too much for what he gives. Mm-hmm. Far too much. Nathan Evaldi's fine. He throws 100 miles an hour on occasion. and He's okay. He's always been okay. Stuff's still good. Stuff's still good. And Andrew Heaney doesn't really move the needle for me anyway. Yeah. He's a five-star. That's uh, what he is. Nathan Evaldi... Gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, he does. Nathan Evaldi is the most consistent pitcher on that, in that rotation. If you look at him year from after year... From a bulk year, standpoint? From a yeah. bulk... He, he yeah. goes out there and he will pitch to a three anywhere between a 3.65 and a 3.85 ERA yeah. every he's single He's very consistent. Year. He is a very consistent pitcher. Martin Perez, he's awful... For two years, then he's good for one. Awful <laughs> yeah. for three years, and he's good for one. DeGrom, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Now, look, we, we talk about him like he's hurt every year. He's been hurt the last two years. Before that, he posted up every mm-hmm. fifth day for eight years so or, or six years. So w- with DeGrom, how significant are the injuries? Is he fully past them? We haven't heard anything bad about him to this point in spring. Looks great in spring. Look, looks yeah. great. He is. You can make the argument he is the best pitcher in baseball. When he's healthy, when he's out there, it's just when he's a matter of on the mound. Yep. If he's going to be, is he going? How often is he going to be on the mound for you? Um, and then offensively, again, Nate Lowe, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Adolis Garcia. They're That's le- a nice core. They're legitimate hitters, right? A, yeah. gr- a, a great core there. But after that, you're uh, counting on guys like Josh Young, Josh Young, 
Uh, the outfield aside from Garcia is a big question mark. I forgot that Brad Miller was a person that existed in this world, and, <laughs> yeah. he's, and he's their DH. Look, Josh Young is pretty good. Josh Young is, has been a prospect for them for probably three or four years. They're counting on that. him to take a hold of yeah, uh, yeah. third base. Third base. He's been in the top 100 on every list for four Five years. years yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a long time, and his brother just recently got drafted as well. These are guys that are impact players from what I've seen, so I think – Josh Young will make a difference, but again, he's young and he's unproven. So there's he's always going to be, yeah, he is young. There's going to be probably, you know, imminent struggles for him. I did like the ad a few years ago of Mitch Garver. I think Mitch Garver is a really solid backup catcher to Jonah Heim. Okay. I, I love that catching tandem in Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver. And They're I, both pretty good. And, and, and I love Jonah Heim, former Orioles prospect. Um, I, I love that he's made himself something in Texas. Uh, He's a solid catcher. Luke, you were talking about him when, when you walked in today, that, that he's a solid catcher for, for him. And when I was downplaying him, it was simply yeah. because of the offense. But offensively for a catcher, he's a, he's a good offensive player. Hit 16 home runs last year, hit over 250. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's a good player. In fancy baseball, he's going to be one of the eight catcher, first catchers Easy. taken, I would think. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good player. They, they have a good team. I just look at the rest of the division, right? Seattle. Uh, Houston, Houston is still loaded. They're man. still so they're unreal. They're still so they're good. And Stan thinks that they're taking a step back this year. He picked Seattle to win the division. I think Seattle is taking a step back I, this I agree. year. Uh, I, I look at the Astros. Yeah, Altuve's hurt. He'll come back at some point. But you got Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker, Jeremy Pena. They are just fine. Jose Abreu. And then they add a professional hitter, Jose Abreu, to the middle of their order, their rotation. They lost Verlander and McCullers is hurt. Frember Valdez, Christian Javier, Jose Arquiti, and Luis, <laughs> Luis Garcia. Garcia, Hunter uh, Brown, Lance McCullers. Yeah. That's six like, guys like, right there. And then, they, to me, defending champs, they are still the team to beat in the West and maybe the team to beat in the American League. They are still absolutely loaded. It's them and then everybody else in that the division. The one question for Houston is their farm system is not very good. No. Because yeah, they, they didn't have a first-round pick for two or three years yeah. there, uh, and, and they've been pushing the chips in with their farm system and so when the deadline yeah. comes around and last year it didn't matter like all they really had uh in terms of chips was enough to get trey mancini and even then they had to add a third team right to get that deal done didn't didn't matter they still won do they have the chips to get what they need at the deadline uh, i think uh, that's that's really the only question I have i'll for tell them. you what i'll do you a solid you give me your don alvarez and I'll give you Connor Norby and Gene Pinto. Some trade chips for them. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, you go. there, there you go. You, you can have those guys. <laughs> give me Jordan Alvarez. We don't have a DH, uh, an everyday DH. Give me Jordan Alvarez. Seems fair. That's it's fair. Right. Who doesn't yeah. do Who oh, says that? Lefty, lefty yes, Jordan Alvarez in Camden Yards? He's Ooh. in the oh warehouse. My God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they're winning 105 games plus. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, I, I, they're the best team in baseball, hands down, unquestionably. I'm so high on the Astros, I couldn't get higher. Yeah, they, they are. They're. The Astros. How about yeah. with the uh, three batter minimum, you bring in a lefty to face Jordan Alvarez, but then that lefty has to face Jose Abreu. That's pretty good. <laughs> right. I mean, good. what are you doing with that? I mean, even Jose Abreu is not the guy he was four years ago. It, not the guy. Still hits the ball hard. But he still hits the ball hard. He's going to put, he's probably going to hit 270, hit about 20 home runs, and call it a year. I'll take my chances of that lefty's DL Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah, All but, right. but I, 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 I'm, I'm talking about. Two, t- two and a half, three times through the order, and you got to face him three uh, times. I'll take my chances with DL Hall. I, I, one of them is getting walked, if we're yeah, being honest. Well, yeah, probably three of them are getting yeah. walked. You know, but, <laughs> right. but, but, and there's only two that we're talking about. But um, I love DL Hall. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The Astros, I think we're all in agreement there that they're winning the division. Yeah. Now it comes down to, and, and the A's, 
everybody knows they're not trying. The A's are, they're not even worth talking about. They're the fifth place team. Sorry if you're an A's fan. For some reason, you're up listening on the West Coast of the bat around in Baltimore. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about uh, that. We're not talking about the A's. They're, they're not any good. Um, where do you guys have the Angels and the Mariners? So the Angels are my surprise team to make the playoffs. Okay. Wow. And here's why. So if they're on the fringes of playoff contention, they're going to push the chips in to show Shohei Otani that they can basically make the playoffs, that he can compete as an angel in the playoffs. That's going to be, of all the, it's important for, I would say, about half the league to make the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. and the, the other half, you know, whatever. It's, I think it might be more important to the Angels than anybody else in the league to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah. Because it, no they doubt. want to sign Shohei Otani. And if it's more of the same from the Angels, Shohei Otani is not going to re-sign with them. Not I don't think Artie Moreno is interested in trading him at the deadline, even if they're just on the fringes. of play- Like, if they're on the fringes, Artie's going to want to go all in to show Shohei Otani yeah. that, they, that he can compete in the playoffs as an Angel. I think it's more important to them than any team in the league to make the playoffs. And so I think they're extremely, extremely motivated. And I like what they did uh, this year, excuse me, this offseason, but they do have some questions. Anthony Rendon has to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. Uh, but I like the Tyler Anderson signing. Uh, if he can continue what he started with the Dodgers last year, that'll be a nice lift for the Angels. Yep. But it's all about Otani this year, man. Yeah, I, I'm not that high on them. I'm okay. still not. I, I think them and the Rangers are actually very similar in a lot of ways where I, I, I'm i looking at 78-win teams. They're going to be mm. very close. I, I think they could end up being about two or three wins different from each other. I, they're going to come in third and fourth. I'm not sure of the order. I think I'd pick the Rangers to be in third and the, uh, the Angels in fourth. But... Again, this could really go either way. And like Luke said, they could surprise you and be in the playoffs. But I, I again, look at the pitching, and it's okay. Reed Detmers has been really disappointing. Uh, I, Tyler Anderson was very good in Los Angeles, no doubt. I don't know whether to believe in him or not. I'm not sure. Patrick Sandoval I like, and then obviously Shohei. But you, again, with Shohei, I, I always wonder how long could he stay healthy with what he's doing, with all the stress they put on him. He goes out there and yep. pitches every fifth day and then DHs every other day. I hope he stays healthy for the whole year because he's the best player in baseball. He's one of the best players ever, but there's no guarantee with that. Yeah, I, I look at the Angels, Trout and Otani. They're two of the greatest players that ever walked yeah. the face of the planet, and they are, they've never played in the playoffs together. Uh, Tyler Anderson, Hunter Renfro, Brandon Drury, they're, they're added to the team. Gives them their offense a little bit more pop. Rendon, Rendon is healthy this year. Finally. Um, and now you have a rotation that has three potential aces in Otani, Anderson and Sandoval. Uh, this team, aces, though, I, I don't know if I'd say that. For, look, for it, if if you can pitch an entire season with a sub three ERA, you're an ace to me. Okay, you're an ace to me. Uh, I just that's just how I look at it. And you have three of those guys that did that last year. So th- th- those guys are really good starting pitchers. The offense is going to be really good. Uh, is, is Trout going to play right field all the time? Is he going to DH all the time? Uh, are you going to are you going to split right field and DH duties between he and Shohei? I have the Angels finishing in second place. Luke, you may have talked me into... I have the White Sox as being a wild card team, but you may have talked me out of the White Sox and into the Angels. I've seen so many times the Angels look really good on paper, and then they just... And every year I feel like I pick them to make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and then they're under 500. So I don't know how I feel about them, but I have them in second place in this division. I think they're above 500. Just how far and if they get into the playoffs remains to be seen. I've got the Mariners in third place missing the playoffs this year. 
Julio Rodriguez is going to have a huge year that I liked. I love Teoscar Hernandez, Luis Castillo, and Robert Ray. They're, they're, Robbie Ray. They are rotation Cy looks Young. good. They're, they're Cy Young candidates, but I just I just think that there's regression here because after that, name the the other really good offensive players on their ball club. Yeah, Jared Kalanick has to. You know, finally take that step forward in yeah. the major leagues. I think that that'll be big now. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, the lineup isn't great yeah. around Julio. And they did ask T. Oscar. That's a nice addition to have be behind uh, Julio. But uh, do they have like the big left-handed bopper to complement those guys? No. And, and it'd have to be Jared Kelnick, which I kind of doubt at this point it is. And, and I like Ty France. I just don't know how. I like Cal Rally, yeah, but they're. I, I don't know. know that they're good enough that you can like be like, oh, this team's a playoff team. I, I think that they were they were riding the high from the previous year uh, last yeah. year and the the high of Julio Rodriguez, and they just kind of took off. And I mean, it was a, what a 15 game winning streak in the middle of the season that kind of catapulted them into the postseason. Uh, you take away a 15 game winning streak this year, and I, I think they're maybe an 85 win team, but I don't think that makes the playoffs this but, season. Yeah, but the rotation's pretty damn good. Castillo, yeah, Ray, Gilbert, Kirby. That's yeah. a good top. It's unreal. Four. That's they, a really they have good top a four. really, really good. They might rotation. have the best rotation in baseball. It's up there. I mean, the Astros would be. I would still take that, the Astros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's really good. George Kirby. I mean, he's, he's going to take another step forward. He was already so good last year. He's going to be better. The lineup just doesn't do it for me. No. Colton Wong doesn't move the needle. Ty France again. He's fine. They're counting he's on fine. Colton Wong. I know they are, but yeah. why? Yeah. Colton Wong's okay. He's, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. The, the the lineup doesn't do it for me, and the, the there's. They might have the fourth best lineup in their own division at, yeah. at, at this point. If only in time. Oakland wasn't in the division. Yeah. But, you know. So, so it, to me, it's just. Do you know like, who Fangraphs projects Oakland's top DH to be? Like most at bats? Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. There you go. That's, why, that's the only reason that's they would have signed there. That's a rough. No, look, look I, was telling, I was telling Paul before the show that I had a friend who we were talking about Oakland the other day, and he said, by the way, who's playing right field for them this year? And I went. I have no idea. <laughs> I could not name probably 10 players in that team. They have some I, interesting arms. I'm not sure I, think I, five. I, I, I was about to say, I don't think I could name five. Yeah. They, they do have some interesting arms in the rotation. I like the J.P. Sears edition at the deadline last year. That was a good one. Well, it, is it good enough to get them out of the cellar? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I think Oakland wins sub-60 games. Uh, it's going to be like a 55-56 win team. It's, that's... I mean, it's hard. I mean, the, with the, the way with the way the math, they works, don't have anyone. You need, you need like someone needs to be abysmal. Jace like, Peterson yeah. is their five hitter. <laughs> yeah, Jace Peterson's gonna like, be batting fifth and playing third base. I, every I, I day like for Shea them. Langliers, but he can't hit. You've got Nick Allen playing short. You've got Connor Capel playing left field. Seth Brown is your three hitter at first base, and Seth Brown's okay. It's yeah. not bad. Tony Kemp's leading off. Ramon Laureano, the guy I didn't hit. realize was still in the league. Tony Kemp. <laughs> this is truly one of the worst lineups I've ever seen. Estuary Ruiz, I believe I'm saying that right, is playing center field. I don't know who many of these guys are. Estuary to, Chesapeake Bay Ruiz. Well, I, I lied. I, I I don't know who Connor Capel is. I really don't know who I Connor Capel is. is. Yeah. Uh, Tony Kemp. I he was on the Astros once. Yeah. He, I think. He's, he's been in the league forever. Yeah. I I, I, I look at him like. I don't know. He, he's like Dave Roberts, I guess. Estuary like, Ruiz. I thought was on the the Dodgers at one point. I could. I, I don't know. But if you scroll down the rotation, it's got some more interesting names in the lineup. I, I, Paul Blackburn is a good pitcher. He is a solid pitcher. I would do a lot of things to have him in Baltimore. I, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I would do a lot of things to have right. Paul Blackburn in Baltimore. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's right about J.P. Sears. J.P. Sears is solid. Yeah. Look, every team's got some redeeming quality, but they're 
they're arguably the worst team in baseball. Uh, that that lineup you just read reads like the twenty like the two thousand two Baltimore Orioles. It's it's just like not good. Um, then we move over to the National League, go to the National League East, and this is arguably the best division in baseball. At least their top three teams are um, Braves. They lost Dansby Swanson. They added Sean Murphy, Vaughn Grissom, and uh, Braden Shoemaker. Is it Shoemaker or Shumake? It's got to be Shoemaker. It's I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying Shoemaker. Uh, okay, they were both sure. options. So you have Orlando Arcia and Harry Adrianza to play shortstop. Rotation, Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, Dylan Dodder, Dylan Schuster. They're, the bullpen's just as good. They have Acuna, Albies, Harris, Riley, Osuna, loaded, Olsen, Murphy. They are a damn good team. Yeah. But the Mets, they have Verlander, and mm-hmm. they have Scherzer, and Kodai Senga, and Carrasco, and they have David Peterson. You know, their, their lineup has... Their lineup has four players in NL bat- batting champion Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, mm-hmm. and Starling Marte, who finished top 20 in NL MVP voting. Yep. They have eight players with at least 335 yeah. at-bats coming back from last year that had an OPS p- uh, above 339. Orioles had four players with any amount of at-bats that had an OPS above 339 yeah. last year. Catcher's a weakness for them. Bullpen lost Diaz, and they have three relievers in the back nine of their career in Otavino, Robertson, and... Um, Probably Tommy Hunter. Don't mm. know who their closer is. Tommy Hunter, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to be Being a Buck guy is a great career move. Buddy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, the Braves and the Mets and, and the Phillies, but maybe to a lesser degree because they lost Harper. They lost Reese Hoskins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the Phillies here in a second, but I think we can agree that the first and second place teams are in some order the Braves or the Mets, yes. right? So who do we have winning this division? I have Atlanta. I have the Mets. I have the Mets. I have the Mets because I just think that their rotation is so yes. good, and I think yeah. their lineup is so good, and I think that their biggest weakness offensively is at catcher, yeah. and you look at the Braves, and their biggest weakness is at shortstop. Well, I mean, the Mets have Francisco Alvarez ready to come up and, and take the reins. So. Right, but he's starting the year in, in the minor leagues, and even as a rookie, we know how good Adley is. he going to be as good as Adley was as a rookie? Probably not. Yeah. So that's one of those guys where he might be really, really good in 2024 and 2025. Yeah. How big of an impact does he make in 2023? It depends on when he comes up. Yeah. I guess that's that's what it's all in. Um, I would think he'd be up by May. I would think. So if he does and, and he performs, he's going to have a huge impact. Sure. I don't think there's a lot that separates the Mets and the Braves. I think there's very little. Again, like uh, I that said. That I agree with. Yeah. I think there's probably two or three wins. That, they they, that they both won 101 them. games last year. I, I think I think the Mets are going to be an 101 team uh, win. 101 win team again, and the, the Braves are going to win the high 90s. Like 99, 98, something like that. You're going to have a lines. tough luck wild card winner. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, yeah, 100%. It's going to be like the... the 2013, 2014, 2015 NL Central. I, I think I underrated the Braves though. When I was doing this last night and putting them together, I didn't realize the Braves were this good. I look at their yeah, lineup really, really, and that really rotation. Really I mean, when Jared Schuster is your five, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, they really only have the the hole at shortstop. Yeah. yeah, and and even then, they sent down Vaughn Grissom, and it's only a matter of time before right. he comes sure. back up and, and and takes that job. Yeah, so it's gonna hit. Uh, yeah, they they have some options there. I, I, I still have the Mets. I just think that the Mets with yeah. Buck at the helm, I think that they're that they're the better team. If Edwin Diaz was healthy, it's a runaway for me. And, and it's hard to say because they're still only separated by a few games in my in my mind. But Edwin Diaz is a, it, Edwin Diaz makes it that a little bit closer than it otherwise would have been yeah. in in my opinion. And then the Phillies. Look, I think the Phillies are a wild card team. Uh, Losing Reese Hoskins hurts, but I think Derek Hall can be just as good a hitter okay. as as Reese Hoskins. Uh, Trey Turner, um, 
little bit of a spoiler here. He's my pick to win MVP. Oh, me too. The, the, this year, Bryce Harper. They, could, they didn't start him on the sixty-day IL to start the season, which makes me think he'll be back sometime in May. Right. Um, and I think Castellanos is going to hit. I think he's going to come back and have a bounce back year this year. So for me, it's going to come down to the pitching, and I think that their well, pitching yeah, is good. Well, well, the pitching it, for me, you know, what's the deal with Suarez's forearm? That's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's one of the bigger injuries in baseball right now for me. Like, what what's his status moving forward? And do they get anything out of Andrew Painter this year because he's another pitcher? That's better. a question. Yeah. So, and they were counting on him. I think the second half of the year to uh, provide some innings for them. So, yeah. I think those are two big questions for me uh, that have to be dealt with. And also when Harper comes back, uh, is he the same Bryce Harper? Yeah. Because he was awesome last year. Yeah. He's uh, awesome every year. I yeah. love Bryce Harper. And then Bryson Stott's going to get an opportunity to play second base uh, mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. How does he take to that position? Does he hit? So Yeah. He really performed well after all the, I can't remember who, who they got rid of on August 4th last year, but from that date on, he hit like 280 okay. the, the rest of the year. Um, I think they have a good lineup. I think they have one of the best power lineups in baseball. I'd like to see Love Cal- Schwarber. I'd like to see Schwarber hit better than 200, but if he's going to hit 46 to 50 home runs again, doesn't matter. Doesn't then matter. Then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Um, Real Muto, best catcher in the game right now. That yeah. could change by the end of the year. Uh, Enjoy guy, your rain, kid. Yeah, could, and, could change by May. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's. The offense is there. The bullpen is there. I yep. like the addition of Kimbrell. I think that it's like a little bit. The spotlight's going to be on you in Philly, but not like it is in LA, not like it is in right. Boston. Type, yeah, type of thing. they're well, going to have expectations because of what they did last yeah. year. But we have to remember they were still an eighty-something win team. They won. Last year. I think they won eighty-four games last year. Something along or those lines. Maybe yeah. it was eighty-seven. Games it was eighty-eight, there. but yeah. but yeah, they they weren't like. I think they were a ninety-win team this year. Yeah, and I agree. Once they get Harper back, that that. There's not a hole in that offense, in, in, in my opinion. Marlins, look, the Marlins have a decent roster. Uh, they, they they lost Pablo Lopez, but they mm-hmm. added Gene Segura. They added Luis Arise. They added Johnny Cueto. Yuli Gurriel's on a minor league contract. So is Jose Iglesias. Um, rotation looks really good. Bullpen looks solid. The reason this team though, uh, lost 93 games last year, aside from playing the fact that they play in the division with the Braves, Phillies, mm-hmm. and Mets, is they can't hit. Right. Right? They, they, they can't hit. And, and Arise and Segura are nice additions, but are they difference makers in that lineup? Well, Who's the big power threat in their lineup? Yeah. They've, they've got to get bounce back years uh, out of a couple guys. And if I'm not mistaken, one of them is Avisel Garcia, mm-hmm. and the other one is Jorge Soler. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they've got to get bounce back. Like, that's where their power's got to come from. Sure. And for me, a big question, defensively, they've got Arise at second. That's a new position for him. I think they're going to have Wendell at short most of the time that's I don't know if Wendell's a shortstop I think he's more of a second baseman oh, wait, I didn't even mention Jazz Chisholm he's I, I, a really I, good player. I did a sounding off of uh the positional situation for the Marlins a few months ago and I think it's a mess I think it's a mess Joey Wendell is not a shortstop they got Segura third that's a new position for him and, and, and got, Gene Segura is one of the worst defenders in baseball and they've got Jazz in center so those are four guys at yep. key positions who are new to those positions mm-hmm. right. and so I don't know how that's going to work out uh because I mean, they do have some good names. Obviously, Alcantara, he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want shoddy defense behind him because then he's got to throw more pitches than he ha- than he should, and you know maybe he doesn't has have as good as year as he had last year. Right. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm in full agreement. I don't really like this team in any way. I don't I don't see them winning a lot of games. And again, they they play in a behemoth of a division. If they played in the Central, I'd think higher of them. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be like a second or third place team in the Central. They probably yeah. would be because that division's not. It's kind of a mess uh, behind the Cardinals. It's but, a shame because there's a great baseball community in South Florida, and you saw it during the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that if the Marlins ever got it rolling, that place would be a fun place to watch a game. Yeah, and and. As such, it's like one of the worst environments in baseball. Yeah. It's a yeah. shame. There's a great baseball environment down there. there. There's some guys to like too. I mean, again, the rotation is good. They they can definitely pitch and they will pitch well. I'm I'm pretty confident in that. But I I don't see, you know, Joey Wendell as a starting shortstop. I don't see Joey Wendell really starting on any team anymore. Joey Wendell's another guy that I forgot was even in the league until yeah. I was like looking at the roster. Jacob yesterday. Stallings is a really good defender, one of the best framers in baseball at at catcher for them. But again, can't hit. So I I don't really think this team is uh, much to much to talk about. And then you look at the Nationals, 107 losses last year. You like the 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 idea of Dominic Smith playing in a low pressure environment? No, no you you told I, me that. I, I think I think there's a possibility. He I did a sounding off where yeah. I said he could definitely change and get a lot better. But I don't. You, you I, said I love this move for the Nationals. I, I did love the move because there's a great chance he could. He could be on the upswing, and he he has a lot of potential, and the ceiling is very high for him. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't. He's got to prove it. I, I don't necessarily think that just because the change of scenery is going to do that for him. He didn't get a ton of opportunity in New York, and that was that was more of my point. The Nationals have a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity, who has that high ceiling, but I don't necessarily think it's just going to translate immediately. That's yeah. that's my point. And Joey Menezes, that's a legitimate bat mm-hmm. in their lineup. I yeah. like I like what Lane Thomas did last year. But they have a lot of question marks offensively. Their rotation. Yeah. Patrick Corbin's been awful for three years. And I saw glimpses last year where he goes six, seven innings of one-run ball. And you're like, okay, maybe he's turning it around. And he, 630 ERA. His ERA's gone up each of the last three years significantly. Yeah, he's not very good. Uh, Josiah Gray, yet to translate my only success to the majors. Kate Cavalli's yeah. hurt. Chad Cool's only ever been middling. Mackenzie Gore's intriguing there. But that, mm-hmm. he's really the only one that gives you any kind of intrigue in that rotation. Well, I, I think Josiah Gray. I... I I think there's some intrigue there. If he can give them 30 plus starts, and Mackenzie Gore can give them like 20 plus, mm-hmm. I think they've got a chance to at least make some progress in their rotation. Uh, but for me, the most interesting guy on this roster is Kiebert Ruiz, the catcher. Yeah. Yes, for no me. doubt. Yeah. And Joey Meneses too is is a player to watch. He killed for us sure. in the uh, World Baseball Classic. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and really Co- good player. Corey Dickerson, solid, reliable, old. Um, He's got to find that fountain of youth, man. He's decent not really lefty younger. hitter. Yeah. I, I, Victor Robles can't hit. Lane Thomas is fine. You know, there, there's can, not a lot of not C.J. Abrams establish himself. Yeah. And, as, and again, to to add to my point about Dominic Smith, it's a no lose situation for them with Dominic Smith. That's why yeah. I like that move because hey, he has a potential high ceiling. Let's make the move, go out there and see what he does because he still is like 26, 27 years old. So maybe Dominic Smith ends up hitting for them. We'll sure, see. yeah, somebody's got to hit for him. So uh, then you move to the NL Central Cardinals. They're the runaway best team in this division. Yeah. They, they're one of the better teams in baseball. Goldschmidt, Arnado, Contreras—they all legitimate middle of the order bats. I think Brendan Donovan could be an all-star. Uh, Tommy Edmonds coming off a um, uh, coming off back-to-back 30-steal seasons. Jordan Walker has the makings of mm-hmm. a future MVP candidate. You lose Pujols and Molina, and that's veteran leadership uh, that you've lost there. Tyler O'Neill has to prove that 2021 wasn't the outlier season right. in his career. Rotation looks good, but how much do you have left with Adam Wainwright? Uh, bullpen looks solid, if not incredible. 
None of their question marks matter. They're leaps and bounds better than every other team in the, in the division. This they, they could roll out of bed and win this division. Uh, you guys agree with that, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, the computer projections have the Brewers being neck and neck with them. Really? Believe it, believe it or not. So but Now, I agree with you that I think St. Louis is better. And the questions that I have for them, I don't think would derail their season. Like Wilson Contreras, does he slide in seamlessly to the middle of that lineup with those guys? I think he has a chance to do that. And the biggest question for me is, what do they get out of Jack Flaherty? Because when he's on the mound, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But last year, I think he had some on and off shoulder issues. I think he was limited to about 35, 36 innings, something Mm. like that. And was someone in his minor league career, too. Yes. So how how many innings do they get out of him? How many innings can they pitch him after last year i think that's one of the big but again i don't think that derails their season you mentioned wayne Wright. i don't know during the world baseball classic didn't seem like he had much left but he'll find a way to uh sort of grind through this another crafty guy like a zach granke yeah type, exactly type guy. And, and we know he's retiring after this year right you know i'm not really moved by the starting rotation i think jack flaherty is the highest ceiling there uh and miles michaelis is a proven, reliable starter, and probably the guy I would call their ace this year if they if they have one. They probably don't. But Jordan Montgomery doesn't again doesn't really move the needle for me. Stephen Matz has done a lot of relieving in his career. I'm not even sold on him as a 100% full time starter at this point. Uh, but you know his first year out of New York, we'll see how that goes. The bullpen, I, I don't know much about, but Gallegos is a very good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. And in the lineup, you know there are some guys to like, but I, you know Newt Bar is one of those guys that possibly, if I'm saying that correctly, possibly has a chance to get a lot better. Um, hit a lot of home runs last year. Could possibly do that again this year. Tyler O'Neill's going to have a bounce back year, most likely. Paul Goldschmidt won MVP. So, yeah. there's that. Uh, yeah, they're they're a really good team. Yeah, the no the best mm-hmm. team in that division. You mentioned that, they, that the computer um, rankings have them neck and neck with the Brewers. Every time I see the, the computers Brewers, don't know that Corbin Burns hates the Brewers. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> every every yeah. time I see the Brewers in the playoffs, I feel like Jesse Pinkman, how do they keep getting away with this? Because they can't hit. They never have anybody on their roster that can hit worth a lick. Their best hitter has been Christian Yelich, and he hasn't been a good hitter in three years. No. I don't understand. Let's not how- disrespect Willie Adamas, though. Willie Adamas hits 210. I like Willie Adamas. He, I, Willie Adamas is like the worst highly rated player in my mind ever. Like I, ever, I, I, I know that he is like he—he I mean, he was a four and a half WAR player last year. I don't give two thirty-one games. home runs. <laughs> uh, uh, um, what, what's his name? Jorge Mateo was a three three point six win player last year, and he hit two twenty-one with a two sixty-seven on base percentage. I mean, tell me something else that makes me believe that that Willie Adamas is as good as everybody else says okay. he is. Because I know that he's a difference maker. That he catapulted them into the playoffs in twenty twenty-one after May twentieth when they traded for him. I understand all that. I just don't think that he is that guy. Where you're like, oh, they have Willie Adamas. That's a difference maker. Bull S. Bull S. I did not anticipate this level of passion uh, about Willie, Willie Adamas. Willie, I really didn't. Again, I, when I walked in here... It's been I brewing didn't, for I, two years. Okay, I did not anticipate that this would be the player that would get Paul I mean, he hit 31 home runs last year. That's a quality player at shortstop. <laughs> That's a qu- four-and-a-half war player. He's a good defender. He's reliable. Ty, Ty Wigginton stays, was, in, was an all-star for the Orioles he, in 2010. I mean, he barely missed any games in his career. He stayed very healthy. I mean, there's a lot to like with him. He Willie doesn't Thomas. hit for average. He doesn't get on base. I mean, before he, last year he hit uh, 262 with a 337 on base percentage. And then this year he hit, well, I guess last year, two years ago, I should say. Uh, in 2022, he hit 238 with a 298 OBP, but he slugged 500. So, you know, he's All a power right. hitter. Uh, 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 all right, he's your traditional power hitter. I love Willie Adams. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Willie Adams guy. I don't. And, and here's the thing: I don't hate Willie Adams. I think I just hate the Brewers 
because <laughs> Willie Adamas is the guy who made all the difference in the world for your, for your team, which goes to show go get anybody that can hit 260 with 30 home runs, and your team is going to win 90 games because you have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. They do a disservice to that team, to that city, to that fan base by having their best offensive player be Willie freaking Adamas. Okay. Comments, Luke? Yeah. <laughs> that must have been building up for a while. It has oh, been. Man. Because I, I hate, because I am a fan of a team that has done this. I hate when, when teams, when franchises sell their fan base short by not spending the money that they need to spend to make them that much better. The Orioles this year could be a 100-win team if they would go out and spend $40 million on two legitimate bats for their, and uh, or $60 million on two legitimate bats and a legitimate ace for their starting rotation. That's bold. Probably. I guess. I mean, it, if you put 100 Jose, games? You put Jose Abreu in the middle of the Orioles lineup, you go and sign Trey Turner to play third base and have Gunnar Henderson play shortstop, and you go sign Carlos Rodon to play, to, to be your the ace of your staff. Okay, not even Carlos Rodon. You signed Chris Bassett to be the ace of your staff. You spent, what, $60, $70 million right there, and your Orioles team goes from 83 wins last year to 98 wins this year. You can't convince me otherwise. And it's not adding that much to your payroll. Your payroll is still in the bottom third of baseball. I disagree with that, but I, I get your point. I get what you're going with that. I'm just tired of a, a franchise selling their fan base. Don't even get so me you're not. A, you're just not a fan of Brewers ownership, basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say that top of the rotation is really good with Burns and Woodruff, but the interesting thing here is if they're on the fringes of the playoff race, does Brewers ownership, as you mentioned, say it's time to sell those, sell off those guys? And and if they do then Corbin Burns becomes the most interesting man at the deadline. Mm-hmm. No I question think he about is. it. I already think he I is. mean, again, I, I don't necessarily think this team Oh, you think he, they're dealing him no matter what? Oh, I, 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 I think so, too. I think so, too. I, I yeah. think that he is – he just hired, hired Boris, so they're not going to be able to resign him. You better get something. One foot him. out the door already. Yeah. 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 He, he is definitely one foot out the door. I, he doesn't want to be there. He's made that very clear. And there will be a team that will be a suitor for him. There, No doubt. And he doesn't have that much control left, so he probably He's won't be – He's got a year and a half Right. That's, that's not a – But that's a, like a year and a half of an ace, you can get a lot for it. It's a good mm-hmm. price tag, but it wouldn't have been – if he had four years left, for example. So it's it's well, a bit yeah. of a different situation. Yeah. I love how I'm sitting here yelling and screaming, and then Luke comes in and just goes, Corbin Burns and Brandon Wood. <laughs> really nice. Like the, just the calming voice after I just went off about Willie Adamas in the Milwaukee. Players. By the way, I, I will say one thing. Garrett Mitchell is going to be a really good No, I, I, I have um, Garrett Mitchell looks like a good player. He doesn't have any power. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they, they, they Luis Arias is solid. Bryce Terang is maybe going to figure it out this year. We'll see about that. Brian Anderson is okay. Um, Rowdy Telez, I don't really know what to say about Rowdy Telez at this point. He's been around for a while. He's he played had, for like a, 39 home runs last year, but yeah, another but guy who hits for really low average. Can't really play defense either. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's okay. And Christian Yelich, let's hope he finds 2019 Christian Yelich, but I doubt that. Well, or maybe the shift will help him. Maybe. Shift because, maybe. Uh, man, that guy pounds. 100 mile an hour ground balls in the dirt. He does. Because, I mean, any shift uh, band will help him. No yeah. doubt about it. Well, you move on to the Pirates. Look, they they have three guys that can hit. They they have Brian Reynolds, they have Brian Hayes, and they have um, uh, O'Neill Cruz. And then they have no ace, just a bunch of mid rotation or worse starters. This is a 98 to 2011 Orioles to me. This is just a team that has no shot to contend, but they have enough that like they are somewhat interesting, I guess. I look at the Cincinnati Reds, and if you take away Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft, 
they are the worst team in baseball. They're quite bad. They are they are awful. Now that's a team I looked at every position, and I like eighty percent of the time I went, who? Like, like they are not a good baseball team. And on the plus side, like if India can show more of the twenty twenty one version than the twenty twenty two, I think that would be good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were just talking about trade deadline and potential fits. Uh, Alexis Diaz, if he has another big year, he's a guy with a, like you mentioned, he is someone with a lot of control left. Yeah. Uh, and he, if he has another big year, then I could see a lot of teams wanting Alexis Diaz. Okay. So, including his brother's team. Yeah. So then you look at the Chicago Cubs. They're my second place team in this division. Oh, okay. They added Dansby Swanson. They added a lot. They, they added, added like Cody Bellinger. They added yeah. Trey Mancini, Eric Hosmer, Jameson Tyon. They have Nick Madrigal. He's a former fourth overall pick in the draft. Career 289 batting average. He struck out 51 times in his entire career. Yeah. But he's a utility guy because he can't stay healthy. Right. Rotation looks good. You've got Tyon Stroman, Drew Smiley. You've got Steele and uh, Wesneski. If he can be as good as he was in a small sample last season, rotation could stand out. It, it could it could really stand out. Bullpen looks good. It's hard to figure out who the closer is on the, on in this bullpen. I think that they're a second-place team, but I think second-place team in the National League Central is still a team that might win 83, 84 games and not factor into the postseason whatsoever. Yeah, so we'll talk about this uh, in terms of uh, our playoff predictions, but the NL looks to me like there could be the six teams that made it last year could make it again, Mm -hmm. and because there are so many teams like the Pirates and Reds, Marlins, Nationals that are in deep rebuilds, Uh, but the Cubs are one of those teams that, for me, could surprise that could be a party crasher. Sure. Uh, and I know that the Cubs will be the second favorite team of a lot of folks in Baltimore this year. So yeah, because of well, Trey. Yeah, because of Trey. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I, I do. I hope that Trey has has a big season. I don't think that we're ever going to see 2019 Trey ever again. But it's I, unfortunate. I, I, yeah. I, I still think that Trey is can be at his best a 270 hitter with with 25 home runs. And I think that that um, yeah, okay. it, I, I think that with 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 him knowing that, because I, I believe it's a two-year deal that he signed there, right? So I think that with Possibly. Trey, with Trey knowing that he's there and not have to worry about trade speculation, then going to perform for another new team, uh, I think that that helps Trey kind of settle in a little bit better. Maybe it lets him have a good season, especially yeah. in, a, in a weaker division he was playing in in Houston yeah. and in Baltimore. So Trey, I'm looking for a nice season from him. We only have a little bit of time left before MixLR just tells us, "Hey guys, we got to get the hell." We out have of a here. daily limit because we, apparently we don't pay for, I guess, like the premium premium. For, that's only for Glenn Clark Radio. So we we get the, <laughs> the only the I guess the plus version. So we have 18 minutes left currently before we okay. shut down. So Dodgers, Padres, they're the teams to beat in the um in the NL West. I have the Padres winning this division. What about you guys? Yep, Padres. They're I have loaded. the Padres. Absolutely loaded. Yeah, they're, they're loaded. I don't like converting Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo back into starters. Um, yeah, I don't love I don't, that either. I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. And everybody kept talking about their, their rotation. Like, oh, their rotation is really good. Their rotation is really good. Uh, they have four guys that are really good that are set, that are settled in there, but then who's their fifth starter, and is it really going to be one of these relievers that used to be a starter, and now you're making them a starter again? I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I think the bullpen goes as far as Josh Hader takes him. Yeah. He was, Contract your Hader. Yeah, and, and he only blew four saves last year, but his ERA was close to five in Milwaukee. It was above seven in San Diego, 
And then he gets to the postseason, and he's consistently touching 100 miles an hour with his fastball. Yeah, looked awesome. He was unhittable. He gave up one hit. And he was Josh Hader. And yeah, he, yeah. He, was, he was better than Josh Hader's ever been when he was in the postseason last year. If that's who they have again this year, then that bullpen's really, really good. If he's mm-hmm. even the Milwaukee version from last year, they have a little bit of trouble on, on their hands. But I still think they're the team to beat the Dodgers. The, I, Stan said that he thinks their lineup took a huge step back. I think their lineup is still loaded. It's pretty good. I, I think their lineup is still really Freeman, good. Freeman, Betts, Smith, that's a pretty good middle of the order. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, yeah. Max Muncy's got to hit better than 199, and I cannot believe that they're really letting him be their everyday third baseman. I cannot believe that. They don't have the depth they once did. I think yeah. that's the biggest difference for them, but they're still a very good team. Yeah, uh, yeah. The wild card with their rotation, I like their rotation. I like Kershaw. I like uh, Urias. I like May. I think Syndergaard is a really good four or five starter. The big wild card here is Gonsolin. If Gonsolin, because mm-hmm. he, he, in spring training, he hurt his ankle, so he might miss the first few weeks of the season. He might start the year on the 15-day IL. If he comes back and he's the same Gonsolin he was last year that went 16-1, and one, that's a really good pitcher for their rotation. It makes him that much better. Yeah. Walker Bueller, he had Tommy John surgery in June. If he comes back in August or September, that's a coup for them, uh, and it might, it might help them. But I just I can't believe they're going Rojas Vargas. Up the middle, I just I can't. It just for me, it looks like a team that's loading up for a big Shohei Otani offer. This yeah, that's what everybody's saying. I think, and I think that's and they probably if the Angels can't can't get into the playoffs, like you said, and prove that that they can win with him there, the Dodgers are the perfect fit because Mm -hmm. the Dodgers have the money to spend on him, and he wants to stay on the West Coast. We can be closer to Japan. Yeah, right? right. So that makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, so the Dodgers, I have them as a wild card team. I actually have the D-backs finishing in third place. I think they I have see that. Yeah. they have a young, a good young nucleus. I like their rotation. Mazin Bumgarner was once one of the best pitcher in, best pitchers in the game. That was about five years ago. Now one of the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, but bullpen has some decent arms, but they also have a few guys who used to be good and are trying to find, to find that again. Uh, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Jake yeah. McCarthy, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Kyle Lewis. I really like their outfit. Really uh, like I do their, too. their outfield. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the outfields I was thinking of. I couldn't remember which team it was. Even without Dalton Varsho. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like their outfield. Christian Walker, twice now in his career, he's gone out there and mashed. Mm-hmm. And then there's other te- there's other years where he's just, you know, maybe he's not getting as much playing time. He needs to back it up. Yeah. He needs to do this year what he did last year and what mm-hmm. he did in 2019. Um, Cattell Marte, really good player coming off a down year. Still yep. just 29. Yep. If he doesn't produce, they're not getting any production. Out of that infield, out of the second, third, and short. If it's not Marte producing, they got nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, I it, like them, but I, I don't think the Giants have anything. And can Jordan Lawler help them by the second half of the year, or is that more of a twenty twenty four? I uh, that's going to be pushing it. I okay. think even if he does come up, can he really help them? I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm. yeah so uh, I, I, I will I, I will say that Corbin Carroll looks like he was built in like a baseball factory. Corbin Carroll yeah. is someone mentioned Mickey Mantle on the show earlier. I think that was Stan who said yeah. Mickey Mantle. If you want to make a comparison, to Mickey Mantle, it's probably more of a Corbin Carroll. Yeah, he is uh, he is so talented. He's 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 awesome. He's just fun to watch play. I, I saw a video of him laying out a triple. In spring oh my training god, the speed's unreal. He, the speed's so it's he just looks like like you said he looks like he was he was built in a baseball yeah. factory. Giants look the rotation is going to be the strength of the team. Uh, Jock Peterson and Mitch Haniger are going to provide you power and. If Conforto can come back and be Conforto. Um, that that's a good mm. middle of your order there. I just don't think they're good enough to make any noise. I just when, when you look at the division they're in, when you look at the National League as a whole, I just don't think they're good enough. But I thought the same thing in 2021, and they won 107 games. Yeah, there's yeah. A, but there's a reason why they went after Judge and Correa 
yeah. because they needed to add some some star power. Mm-hmm. They didn't land either of those guys. They come back and they well, they land a Correa and then they wouldn't pass his physical. There you go. Yeah. Um, so they they brought back Jock Peterson, Michael Fordo, Manaya, Stripling. I don't know. It's a pretty underwhelming lineup for me. Yeah. It, I, I just uh, nothing scares me. It has been for some time. Yeah. I agree. When, when you're depending on and I like Lamont Wade, but when you're depending on Lamont Wade and Mike Yastrzemski to to be everyday players yes. for you. I think that's a little bit. I have the D-backs in third, Giants in fourth, same as you. I I really don't think the Giants are that good. And guys, for some reason, and I don't think they're the worst team in baseball, for some reason, I went to bed last night thinking I completed my my research for all 30 teams. I did nothing on the Colorado Rockies. The most directionless ship in baseball. Yeah, and maybe that's why. I I just never even think of the Rockies. They're not as bad as Cincinnati. They're not as bad as uh, Washington, but they're uh, at least those teams have a direction. I don't. I have no idea what this team's direction is. Yeah, Uh, they're they're a last place team who one year will trade one of the best players to ever play baseball, Nolan Arenado, because they don't want to pay him. And then two years later, they give Chris Bryant twenty four. So much money. So much money to be not nearly very average baseball. He's a very average baseball player. Yeah, like he, like, they gotta get him on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just I look at the the Rockies and it's like I didn't look at them because they're they're nothing to yeah. me. They they are the most indifferent team in baseball. Like you said, they have no direction. Who the hell knows? But they got a great fan base. They fill up that park. I feel bad. Yeah, they they they, they got to figure something. I'm, there are so many there are so many franchises where you're like. Can the owner please just sell the team? Can you please just sell the team to somebody who actually gives a damn? Like, what are we? What are we doing? All right, so let's let's move on here. How much time we got left? Though, we got twelve Zach? minutes. Twelve minutes. That's, eleven uh, now. That's we have eleven minutes left. I don't know if that's enough time. Twelve was good. Eleven. I'm at <laughs> rapid fire playoffs um, and awards. Um, so playoffs, I have um, Yankees, Guardians, Astros as my division winners. I have Toronto. The mm, I'm going to say the Angels. And the Orioles as the wild card okay. teams um, in the National League. I've got the um, damn it. Where did I go? I'm sorry. I've got the Braves. I've got the Cardinals. I've got the Padres with your wild card teams being in no particular order. The Dodgers, the Mets, and I'm sorry, Mets are my first place team. The Braves are a wild card team, and the Phillies are a wild card team. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have? Uh, AL division winners: Jays, Guardians, Astros. AL wild card winners: Yankees, Angels, Rays. NL division winners, Braves, Cardinals, Padres. Uh, NL wildcard winners, Mets, Dodgers, Phillies. For me, the AL, Yankees, Guardians, Astros, Blue Jays, Rays, and Mariners as the wild cards, And the NL, Mets, Cardinals, uh, Padres with the wild cards as the Mariners. Uh, not Sorry, sorry, not the Mariners. Excuse me. The Braves, the Phillies, and the Dodgers, if I can speak correctly. Um, all right, so now. World Series? World Series. I'll give mine last. Go ahead, guys. Okay, I got Padres over Astros. Padres are plus a thousand on Fanduel. Give me the Mets over the Blue Jays. I literally just changed mine. I had Mets versus Blue Jays. Mets over yeah. the Blue Jays four games to two. I'm taking Mets over the Astros. Okay, four games to two. The, like the the Astros, I I just somehow forgot they're the best team in baseball. I I just have the feeling it's the Blue Jays year for some reason, and the Astros have been in it quite a few times in the past five years. So for something tells me the Blue Jays are going. All the way this year, but not making uh, it. I, I thought that last year, yeah. and they just got off to such like a mediocre start, and they fired their manager. And it's like you guys have been paper champions for two, three yeah. years now. You've got to figure out how to how to do it. And until you do, I can't pick you. Yeah. I can't pick you. Um, awards. All right, MVP. I've got. But I, I did top three for, okay. for these. I think the only. Oh, thing I did I, not do that. Okay. Yeah, I did top three. You guys don't have to. I do top three every year. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Um, AL. I have Shohei Otani winning award. 
Mike Trout finishing second. And I have Adley Rutschman. As, <laughs> I love as, it. As, I absolutely love I think it. that he is uh, – you can make an argument that he is the most valuable player to any team. Like, he is more valuable to his team than maybe just – Every 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 other player except for Shohei Otani to the Angels, so he's my number three. Okay. In the National League, I have Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, okay. Uh, MVP for me, I have the the odds suck, but Shohei Otani like plus two twenty to win MVP. It's a, those are absurd odds, like mm-hmm. for anybody to be that low. But anyway, uh, but if he plays to the level that he has done the past two years it will take an Aaron Judge type of season to knock him off sure uh and then I liked Vlad Guerrero's odds at plus 1300 and then NL MVP this is my favorite bet uh Trey Turner plus 1100 uh to win NL MVP and then I also like Manny Machado plus 1200 to win NL MVP give me Shohei Otani in the AL and Manny Machado in the NL okay uh Cy Young I have Jacob DeGrom okay Shane McClanahan Alec Manoa in the American League and although Manoa, I, I feel like I might want to change that because his velocity's down okay. this spring. Um, but in the and in the National League, I have Spencer Strider, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Uh, AL Cy Young for me, Dylan Cease plus nine hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, then NL Cy contract year Julio Urias plus two thousand. I have Dylan Cease too uh, in the AL, and then in the NL, I have Max Scherzer. Yeah. And Cease was a guy that I wanted to replace Manoa. I love with. Cease. Yeah, love Dylan he's, Cease. He's a damn good pick. Yeah. Who is your National League? I'm sorry. I have uh, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, rookie of the year, American League. I have Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, Tristan Casas. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry. In the National League, Corbin Carroll, uh, Kota Isanga, and Jordan Walker. All right. Uh, AL rookie of the year again. Like. Gunner, I, I could absolutely see him winning, but his odds suck. Uh, Hunter Brown plus sixteen hundred. Okay. And then in the NL, uh, Kodai Senga plus eight fifty. I'm not going to try to say his first name, but I have Yoshida winning the AL Rookie okay. of the Year and Corbin Carroll in the NL. Okay. Um, manager of the Year. Oh, I, I don't even have this. Uh, I, I got it. Yeah. Um, I had John Schneider for the AL, the Blue Jays manager, and Buck Showalter in the NL. I took Matt Quatar- Quatraro. Um, for the Royals, I, I I'm just so high on the Royals. Royals. Wow, I, okay. I, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, but I think that they're going to be a relevant team and give teams fits this year. And I think that it's going to be a direct reflection of their manager. I've Dusty Baker as runner up and Terry Francona um, as the third place, and then in the National League, Bob Melvin, Buck Walter, and Oliver Marmol of the uh, Cardinals. Sure, um, that sounds good. All right, <laughs> and then comeback player of the year. I oh. do this every year, also. Uh, in the AL, I have Anthony Rendon and then uh, Jacob deGrom. In the National League, I have Cody Bellinger and Wade Miley. I have Chris Sale and Fernando Tatis. Okay. I have nobody. I didn't write that. <laughs> no, that's, 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 it's a hard one to do. I just yeah. These are all the awards that people talk about, so yeah. I, I do them every year. And then finally, take to rake. Somebody is going home with that, with that baby. Over there with the wonky... Except it's going to stay here. <laughs> Somebody's going home More with the likely. pride of knowing that that's their trophy for the upcoming season. Um, I have won Take the Rake three years in a row, and therefore I get to pick first. So it's for one game. It's for Thursday against the the Boston Red Sox. Who's hitting? And would I be a fool to take anybody but Adley Rutschman? I'm taking Adley Rutschman. <laughs> that's crazy. Can't believe you did that. We're going to let Luke go second since he's the guest. Oh. So I just did a cover story on him, so we're going with Connor Henderson. All right. Leaving me a ton of options here. Yep. Give me Cedric Mullins. And that's there your you boy. Go. That is your That's my boy. boy. He, he always more, wins for me. He has more wins with Cedric Mullins yep. than anybody has with anybody Give me else. Cedric. So we're going to do the first official take to rake. You know what? I should have gone James McCann. 
James. <laughs> uh, someone's going to pick James McCann this year. I'm just waiting for the day. I'm really excited. Remember for that. last year when Ryan Blake took Ruth Neto Dorf? <laughs> I do remember that. And he had like one hit the we, entire week. We had week. Jason Lock and Fora on, and he picked someone very suspect. He picks Pedro Severino. That's what oh, it was. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was very suspect. Um, So, Luke, you took Gunner. Mm-hmm. And, Zach, you took Seti. Zach, what, we, we got what left? Six minutes? We got four minutes. Four minutes. Final thoughts. Just super excited for the season. Ready, yes. ready for it Absolutely. to get. Absolutely, I echo that. Roll, man. Yeah, ready, ready for it to get going. I think the Orioles are a really good baseball team. Just how good? We'll find out on Thursday, gentlemen. That's it for me. All Thanks right, for th- having me. Thank you to Luke Jackson for sitting in. Always a great time. We always go super long with him, so I'm glad we were able to do that today. Special thanks to Stan the Fan Charles for doing his weekly segment. To all of our listeners and all of our sponsors, without either of you, this show is not possible. Thanks to Zach for the extraordinary job that he does every week. Guys, baseball is here. Next week we'll be talking about real regular season Orioles baseball games and hopefully a 1-0 Orioles team. Till next week, see ya!